Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Morning all. So at least the forecast is something to be optimistic about uh, because uh, this nightmare continues. It really does. All of the papers this morning are talking about Neffet's long letter to government. Uh, the cabinet will meet this morning uh, here. Uh, Eamon Ryan talking about stakeholders being spoken to. Stakes, an interesting word, isn't it, when it comes to hospitality and indoor dining. Um, the country's top doctors are warning, open the pubs, open the restaurants indoor, but primarily the pubs at your peril. They're saying that this Delta variant will cause thousands of new cases a day and a peak of deaths in August. They say that Delta uh, doubles every day. Uh, say, for instance, if we had 30 today, be 60 tomorrow, be 120 on Thursday, you get the picture, 240 on Friday and so on and so forth. And they're saying in the worst case scenario, that also will tip into deaths. Uh, Hulahan wants pubs and restaurants to stay closed. According to the Star today, the, um, uh, the Red Tops also talk of publicans last night wondering if their COVID nightmare will ever end as fully reopening is said to be delayed by what? Like three weeks? There's a vendor in Dublin, Noel Anderson says, um, that uh, England, uh, the new health secretary, Savid Javid, has said that restrictions there must come to an end on the 19th of July. And Javid has said that the public must learn to live with the virus. So he says, why haven't we got the same narrative in this country? Uh, Another publican says, in Ireland... Uh, We're locking 50,000 people out of jobs and closing 7,000 businesses. Uh, The Echo this morning, sorry, the Irish Times this morning talks also of the chaos with regards to uh, reopening the economy. And this also has an impact on, weren't they supposed to be increasing the amount of people who could uh, attend a wedding as well as everything else? But they talk about the grim projections in the Irish Times today. And a worst case scenario, according to Neffet, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Text 0868104106. Should we now at this stage just learn to live with this virus? Um, the worst case scenario would see 700,000 cases of the virus in July, August and September. That would lead to over 2,000 deaths. Now, that's the worst case. A more optimistic projection, if everything opens, is 81,000 cases and 165 uh, deaths. And they look at other countries then, like the examiner this morning talks about France, which reopened fully in June. Uh, Spain, which reopened fully in June, and even a lot of it opened in May. Germany, June the 4th. Italy, June the 1st. So jabs then, well, it's all about how many people you can get jabbed, whether it's AstraZeneca, whether it's Moderna, J&J, whatever. But now they're talking about using Astra and J&J for 18 to 39-year-olds. But if you look at where we're at, the Independent lines it, lines it up very well this morning with a graphic that shows that we had 305 cases yesterday. I know, here we are, talking about positive cases again. 19 patients are in hospital. 16 people of those are in intensive care. Four million first and second doses, when you combine the two, have been administered. Um, bizarrely, only a quarter of the 60 to 69-year-olds have been fully vaccinated, which seems kind of a bit low to me. And we've had 18 deaths in June. So they break it down very well in The Independent today. There are other COVID-related stories, of course. And the examiner this morning talks about remote working. Now, while the examiner talks about all sorts of tax incentives and, you know, a million workers who've got extra tax breaks for either working from home or some kind of um, a hybrid model of working from home and also going into the office or work on a couple of days. But they're saying that this will have a profound impact on city life. It'll have a profound impact on traffic, for instance. And all of these proposed office developments 
will have to be stopped or repurposed or redesigned um, for accommodation because you just won't have businesses going into them. Uh, meanwhile, irishjobs.ie found that 40% of people working have no idea whether they'll be going back to work or not. Uh, because they haven't got any sort of clarity. With regards to the good weather and a topic that we dealt with on this programme from time to time is litter at the beaches. So it's interesting to see the uh, echo this morning saying that at least at least Fountainstown, Myrtleville, Roberts Cove, Charge Bay and Rocky Bay are getting additional bins. And that was promised by the county manager on this programme some weeks back. So at least five of the beaches are going to get... I, I hope they're decent bins and bigger bins. You need to be very careful with the charities that you um, that you subscribe to or give money to because uh, more and more now we're hearing of questionable activity within them. The latest one is a, a charity called Child Fund Ireland, which actually um, received millions of euro from the state, but really and truly did not manage the money in any way, shape or form. And they found the ex-boss of it. Uh, I'd put it kindly by saying inappropriated uh, money on food and on travel. So this is a charity called Child Fund Ireland where they found that they were spending huge amounts of money on travel expenses, um, payment income, bonuses, a credit card expenditure, petty cash, uh, bonuses and overheads. In fact, she employed six people she knew without ever advertising the jobs, without ever conducting an interview. She took her daughter on a trip to Zambia which cost six and a half grand, even though our daughter wasn't a member of staff. Um, the um, Independent picks up on the story and say that um, its CEO, a fellow called Michael Kiley, stayed in five-star hotels in Dubai and then went on to travel to and from Zambia. So uh, very, very worrying as to how charity money is spent these days. Um, and Brenda Power has an opinion piece this morning because we all know how a home boom ends, don't we? we all, she says, we know about house prices going up. We know about how, how you know, the, the bust and the boom. It, the boom is always followed by the bust. So why don't we stop this boom now before we head into another bust? Because um, it's a hundred euro a day now. Property prices are increasing. So that's three grand a month. And if you do the maths, it's over 30 grand a year. Fine if you're selling a property, but not if you're buying it. A few interesting ones then from overseas. Um, and this is a good one that I'd love to chat about at some stage. A total ban on mobile phones in schools to end classroom distraction. This is uh, an interesting one where they're saying that under a new regime in the UK, they're setting out plans for a nationwide classroom ban of mobile phones. Would that mean that you can't use them in the school or you can't bring them to school? Interesting story, though, isn't it? They also talk in the Times UK saying that smacking children doesn't correct their behavior. In fact, smacking children makes their behavior worse. And they found that children subjected to physical punishment had increased behavioral problems. Um, and it was likely that smacking had caused that increase. So that's bad news. And then um, with the calming influence in mind, apparently those involved in advertising need to know this. If you want to sell whatever you have, use the soothing music of Bach. Um, didn't, didn't they use Bach for, like, um, wasn't Henry Winterman, uh, the cigar years and years ago? It wasn't that Bach music. And then did Noel Spice use big orchestral operatic stuff, but I'm talking about the very calm things. Apparently, um, you'll sell more pizza, you'll sell more cars, you'll sell an awful lot of reclining chairs if you use very soothing Bach music as a backdrop to your advertising. And the hipsters are freaking out because their toasters aren't big enough for their trendy bread. I've, I've, I've dealt with this story in the past, I'll come back to it later. Do you ever look at the toasters you can buy now? They are tiny. 
and there ain't no way that any average loaf of bread, whether it's sliced or whether it's a loaf, would ever fit in to those tiny little slots. What you need to do is buy the longer toasters that have only two slits, but they're really long, so they'll take anything. So that's a little tip, because the ones that you see now, they're very funky looking, and they look cool, and they've got all sorts of covers, colours, but... Try and put a slice of bread into them. And, of course, you got the big match today then, and all of the Red Tops are talking about it. This is a chance to reach the quarterfinal um, of the uh, the Euros, and it's England and Germany. How many people on uh, Leaside will be supporting England to beat Germany today? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Okay, so all of the papers this morning and the radio news is dominated by Neffet and the Cabinet meeting this morning, but it's more than likely now that there will be an extended delay, which will bring us to perhaps uh, three weeks later into July. Um, and of course, uh, many, many people are really, really angry about that, particularly those in hospitality. I want to go quickly to Adrian Cummins, uh, CEO of the Restaurant Association, because he's under pressure and joins me by phone. Adrian, good morning. Good morning. Is it a fait accompli at this stage now that it will be announced later today, that it won't happen next week, and it possibly will be closer to the end of July? Is that what we can read into this? Uh, well, the Cabinet meeting has just started. I'm actually literally outside where the Cabinet meeting is happening. Um, it's not a fait accompli until the meeting happens and to have the decisions are made. We're extremely annoyed. Uh, it, is, it is not a good space to be in for hospitality at the moment, but there is a potential of another extension of as a minimum of two weeks, but it could be longer than that, uh, around a suggestion that they need to implement a new vaccine certificate in order to allow customers access into indoor dining across the state, considering that hotels are packed to the rafters in some parts of the country. Uh, they're open and free to operate as normal for, for customers and businesses uh, as we speak now. And the other parts of hospitality, restaurants, pubs and cafes cannot, op- cannot operate uh, their businesses. Yeah, I'm also, hearing that, I'm also hearing that in parts of the country, hotels are behaving quite discretionary in the sense that they're letting the public in in some areas. That must be very frustrating for you. Well, we've had reports of that and that's a matter for Fort Ireland to follow up with as the inspection uh, regime and the authorities do so. Uh, and that should be stopped in, uh, with immediate effect. Fair is fair. Our businesses, have, uh, and many of them, have been closed for nearly 500 days now. This is uh, We're in a very precarious position now where we're now going to introduce uh, a piece of, of, of technology where people will have, if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed inside the premises. And if you are, you are. You are. So you can split families, split partners, split loved ones. This is totally the wrong place where our country needs to be going. Okay, let's stop and talk on that for a few seconds if you have the time because this could be quite divisive. In fact, the government have said that it could be more trouble than it's worth. You're suggesting that, because Neffet have said that they'd be okay with people fully vaccinated to go into your restaurants and to go into the inside of bars. Isn't that it? Well, that's the proposal from Neffet to the government. So our our counter-proposal to the government is What's the difference in the science and the, and the, and the uh, guidelines in Ireland, where, or, sorry, across Europe, where there, it's all indoor hospitality is open? We're now at an outlier. You can jump on a bus or a train and head up to the north of Ireland and head out for night uh, un, unhindered. You can get a flight from the 19th of July to Spain or Portugal, and Irish people will go in their droves if this is going to be implemented. So we're in a very precarious position. 
uh, the government is pressing forward in our understanding to bring in this new piece of technology uh, or this new regime to allow indoor hospitality to open considering that other parts of Europe is open and we're not even talking to uh, how are looking how they are operating their systems But this vaccine passport do you believe that that will be I think you just re- referenced that, that it will be divisive it'll cause an awful lot of anger particularly amongst those who have only had the one jab isn't it? It will be extremely divisive and it will be extremely controversial at the moment and we believe it's illegal under the Equal Status Act so if you are restricted on goods and services into your premises, you can take a case under the Equal Status Act. So we are very concerned about this. We need to talk to the government. We've actually wrote to the government back in March when this was first floated around the digital certificate and we never got a response to it. Now, lo and behold, three or four months later, we're now in a position where it's the 11th hour of the 11th hour again. Our industry is ready to open next Monday. We yeah. don't know whether we're coming or going. Yeah. And it's causing deep distress for our staff. And finally, on the staff issue, does that mean now all staff have to be vaccinated to come in and work inside in our premises? These are the questions that have to be answered. And this is the anger that is uh, vibrating across the country at the moment. That's a very good in point, very, yeah, with regards to staff. A, yeah. In a very measured approach. We won't be... We're, we're, we'll take this in a measured approach. We're not going to be taking to the streets in protest. What we will be doing is we'll be articulating our points very clearly, very distinctly and under the legal under legal basis. You know, Sam McConkie is saying was saying this morning that, you know, this Delta variant, which is the worry, it doubles every day. And I'd imagine that the cabinet and the government are probably freaked out by the Neffet projections. You know, this worst case scenario of seven hundred thousand cases across the summer and perhaps twenty two hundred deaths. That that's fairly grim and, and sobering, isn't it? Those kind of projections. Yes, and if memory serves me correctly, and it feels like a lifetime ago, last last March, the projections for the first three months of last March when COVID hit was fifteen thousand deaths in the first three months. So there is projections. We do. We we actually acknowledge there will be projections around it. So I'm saying very clearly here now to you, uh, Ian is that the government now needs to go and cross-examine those uh, projections with the European Centre for Disease Disease Control or to the WHO and get independent analysis of the inevitable projection so that we're all on the same page, that there isn't, let's just say that they didn't get it wrong. And that's what people want to see. We want to make sure that we're doing things right, obviously. We want to protect our country. But we're very concerned that while you're being singled out, we're now clear across Europe, and we think this is totally unfair and discriminatory what they're trying to do to us. Okay, so 50,000 people uh, would be would continue to stay out of work and on pub for these weeks or what have you. Um, and the uh, papers this it's morning more, are... It's more than that, Neil. It's about 110,000 people between pub and EWS uh, scheme when you take in pubs, restaurants and cafes that are waiting to bring back staff. So it's a substantial number of people that are waiting that their lives are on hold. There's 87,000 people on pop alone. You have other people on EWS as well. But there's, like, there is a huge amount of people that's waiting to try and come back to work. Okay. And what does that mean? What will it mean to them if they are delayed? They say that a week in the summer in hospitality in a restaurant is like a, a month's takings the rest of the year. I mean, will, will it have a devastating effect on them? Some may not open at all? Well, based on the phone calls I'm getting this morning from distressed business owners and distressed staff, um, they're at the end of the tether here, Neil. 
we've 500 days of this torture that these businesses have gone through. The stop start approach, the last minute dot com approach, and this seems to be like at the 11th hour again. Why was this not all discussed uh, three, four months ago under the plan to live for living with COVID? Now we seem to have at uh, one o'clock in the morning last night, Netflix, uh, the government have now decided to look for press, press on with a digital certificate for our industry. Well, this not, uh, and what else is in the background that's going on within Netflix that we don't know about yet? Okay. So these are the questions that we want to see and we want to get answered. And why are you there? Um, did you say, where are you? Government buildings, is it? Or where are you? I'm outside um, where the cabinet is meeting at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot of media activity this morning around this. And we're engaging with ministers constantly at the moment to get our, get, our, get our argument and our point of view across. And when are we expecting an announcement from that cabinet meeting? Uh, scheduled for one o'clock, I believe, today. Obviously, um, it, could, it could run on. I don't know. The, the, the cabinet, our understanding is there will be an announcement at one o'clock this afternoon. Um, um, and it'll be live, I, I, I do believe. Okay, my friend, I'll let you get on with it then. Thanks for stepping out. Thank you for taking the call. Adrian Cummins, the CEO of the Restaurant Association. Paul Travod has Travod's in Killarney. He's always well and truly briefed on everything to do with uh, COVID and has his own opinions on it. And he joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Neil, how are you, sir? What do you, I mean, what are you expecting them to say today at one o'clock? Are they expecting to say, what? sorry, pal, another three weeks? First of all, fair play to Adrian. I think he spoke very well there on behalf of the of our industry. Uh, it, was, it was great to hear him speak uh, the way he did. Here's what exactly what I'm expecting, Neil, from when our beloved Taoiseach walks down the steps. He's going to ask us all to hold firm and we're nearly there and only a few more weeks of this sacrifice and you're doing a great job, the people of Ireland, and then walk back up the steps not believing a single word he's just after uttering himself. You think he doesn't even believe it himself, is it? He, uh, Micheál Martin, and I mean this with the greatest respect, I, I'd, I'd love to say i go for a pint with him, but I can't, uh, but Micheál Martin's political legacy is, going to, is not going to reflect on the lives that he has saved, but on the livelihoods that he has lost. He is spineless, and again, I mean that with the greatest respect. These aren't Neffet recommendations. They are Neffet orders. And what has happened here, in my opinion, is that Neffet, the professors, our political parties that are governing over us at the moment, have got it so wrong over the last few months that they have only one way out, and that's to keep us locked up, to keep us given the vaccine, and to turn around then. But, and it, This could go on, Neil, for another two, three months. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me finish this one. That they're going to come out and say, right, lads, oh, you're all vaccinated, and that's what's really saved you. That's what they're. That's their only way out now at this stage is to keep us in lockdown and to keep giving the vaccine so they can say, you see, it worked. Indoor dining has been happening in this country since the second of June in hotels, and I'm delighted that they're as busy as they are. There's no single surge, nothing, no spike, no increase, and we should have opened with them in June the second, and you would have seen no surge or spike then. You know, because all these things that have happened that they said a spike would occur, whether it was people in Galway having a few pints or a few fellas walking down Capel Street in Dublin or whatever, they said there was going to be all these huge spikes. Nothing. In fact, all of the big huge gatherings on Lee's side, nothing either. You see? It's when you start talking but, to fellas like me who, but, who are talking logic and But facts, the only difference was going, those gatherings... On the, only, the only difference was those gatherings were outdoors, Paul. 
Neil, come on, you and I both know that there's more indoor gatherings going on in this country than there is anywhere else. We have a CMO of this country who actually, in fairness to the man, should be running the world because he knows more than anyone else. This UK Delta variant, Kent variant, whatever the hell they're coming out with now at this stage, this Delta variant is so dangerous that Boris Johnson's about to put 60,000 people into a stadium to watch a match. Did you see the match last night? Whether they were indoors, outdoors, or God only knows what, the Swiss were nearly up on top of yeah, each other I by the time it. they went through. I saw it, so, and I, I, mean, saw, like, I saw the crowds at Wimbledon as well. You, you know, you talk about... Stage, you, we have to call nonsense on this. No, but you're, 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 for the last month. On, you're, you're... You're dismissing Neffet warnings and projections and I know that the worst case scenario did not happen 14 or 15 months ago and they say it didn't happen, people did die but not in the huge numbers they were projecting because they took the steps that they said we needed to take. Neffet warned us at Christmas time, government went against the Neffet warnings at Christmas time opened up and we saw what happened in January I mean how do you, how do you rationalise that? I'll tell you exactly how I rationalise it. I'll rationalise it the same way I rationalised it with the last time that I was on you. Now, I understand that you talked to thousands of guests. It's hard to remember everything that we said. But this had started before bars and restaurants had even reopened. The data is now there that this happened, started in October, November, before when we were all closed. That's one point. But more importantly, we had no vaccine back then, which is a huge point. And also, it's a seasonal virus by the looks of things from what we're seeing now at the moment. So how is it that this variant is so so dangerous that nobody else is taking the measures that we're looking at. And we are now, and we've been saying this for months, the only thing that matters in this country is if it's COVID-related. So if I am so stressed off my head, and we're one of the lucky ones. We're here 20 years in Killarney in Trevo's restaurant. So we're ahead of the banks. We're ahead of a lot of other pressures. But the messages that I am getting from people who are at the absolute end of their tethers now at this stage, because here's why, and you have to understand where they're coming from. At the start of June, we were told, lads, it's only another four or five weeks. And we said, all right, do you know what? Look, we'll trust the government. We'll trust the effort, even though as hard as it was back then. And now we've got to the end of June and we're being told it's only another few weeks. To be told in another few weeks, look, lads, there's this Delta variant plus coming in here. We'll get just another week or two, lads. And do you know what? Should the schools are back in two or three weeks, we'll just let them get settled in and then we'll go all hell for letter. The hospitality industry in this country, particularly rural Ireland, and it's not just hospitality, by the way, like it's the music and entertainment industry, it's absolutely wiped out. It is absolutely wiped out. And our government, who called us non-essential people in the society to which they wish to govern over, couldn't give a damn about us because they just won't listen to any of us. And, and is that why, you know, it's, it's different in the UK when you hear Sandra Javid saying, we need to live with this virus, as in, you know, we just need to get on with things. But Neil, in, in fairness, I've been saying, and loads of people have been saying, if, if we're living with COVID, that's not just a flipping statement you throw out. We have to. I mean, and, and look, obviously I am so, do you know what actually the best emotion, people, the amount of people are ringing me saying, look, are you okay? Calm down. I'm perfectly fine. I'm very lucky. My head is very, very strong. I am so angry, so angry at the moment because of what this government are doing. They're spineless, absolutely spineless. But when you look at the numbers, and here's, the, here's my point, that the death in last year, in the last five years, were on a par with all the other years. And they were less than what happened in 2018 when there was no mention of any pandemic. All the predictions that they've told us, as Adrian referred to, that there was going to be, like, apparently there was zombies going to be running around the world here from last March. None of their projections have come true. And I, unfortunately, because here's what's going to happen. We're a quarter of a trillion euro in debt. 
that's being masqueraded right now because as the debt we borrow, when it comes to pay that back, what we've done now is we've borrowed more on a smaller rate. So our interest on that debt seems small at the moment. But those borrowings are going to come to be paid very shortly. Yeah, but and this we're more than likely going to have to borrow more at a higher oh, rate. Someone, someone's always going to have to pay re- it back, yeah, absolutely. But this, yeah. Delta, this Delta variant, though, that's a lot more worrying than anything heretofore. It's a much stronger variant. Uh, and that's what that's well, no, the potential no, deaths no, so, so, they're saying because of this. Um, you know, this is not I mean, like COVID nineteen of last year. So, so, so it's it's more transmit Jeez, I can't even speak transmissible, but with a death rate one tenth of what the previous was because most of our elderly and our vulnerable are vaccinated. So it's infecting the younger people who thankfully can handle this. But the point is, is that I mean, they don't they haven't updated the app in I don't know how long. There's no. That's because I know that's because of hacking. They say you are right though. It's not being updated since May. I think it's nuts. I mean, so are we? Are we as useless as that? That we're going to blame the hackers for for not updating? Well, we know there were 305 cases yesterday. I don't have the figure of how much of that was the Delta variant. We know there are 49 in hospital and 16 in intensive care. We know that 4 million people have been vaccinated and one and a half of them fully vaccinated. I mean, at, at this stage now, when, when you look at you know what Neffet have said and the government meeting this morning, a decision will be made. What if they decide that there'll be a vaccine passport for people who have had two shots? Will that be divisive? Well, first of all, I just want to say we also know another statistic that's very important is that there's double the amount of people on the board of Neffert than there is in ICU. That's another important statistic we need to throw out there. Uh, the, the answer to this vaccine thing is I have to put my hand up. I said when we were thrown about in June the 2nd that they said they weren't going to let us open. I even threw around saying, look, if it's going to be three or four weeks, to, because we are in such a desperate state in businesses that in order to save the businesses, we need to get open as soon as possible. And if it means for three or four weeks that it's vaccinated people, only, then yes, that's what we have to do in order to save the businesses. I couldn't have been more wrong than what I said then because it is totally unfair. It is totally discriminatory. Well, why was it, it fair back legal. then, but it's unfair now? Because I believe the government. I believe Neffet. I had trust and faith in them to say, listen, yes, I believe what you're saying. And now, do you know what? When you hear all these people that they're saying are conspiracy theorists and all that, I still wouldn't call myself anything like that. I don't want to go down those rabbit holes. But a lot of what was being said is turning out to be true. And I don't know if it's the consequences of the actions of this government or... Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I seriously still don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, I, it's just, Neil, you've no idea the frustration levels because it's exactly what's going to happen. It's not fair. Adrian was dead right. So I can come in and my kids can't. I mean, it's just, but we're about to let people fly out of Ireland uh, to go to any country around Europe from the 19th. And you'd have other people then who'd be meeting with their friends and some of the friends would be telling them that they were in a pub indoors, it was great crack, or others went to dinner and it was fantastic. And you have others outside with one jab saying, my God almighty, it would make them very angry, wouldn't it? But I mean, when you, when you think about this, right, and here, this is what people like yourselves, people in mainstream media, journalists that have to when they have politicians on, we have done as an industry in hospitality everything that we were told to do. We've stayed closed. We've been good. We haven't taken to the streets. We haven't caused any scenes. We say, yeah, keep going, lads. We're believing with you. We're sticking with you. How in the name of God is the Delta variant in this country? I'll tell you why. Because we have an inept government that have done nothing. Their mandatory hotel quarantine is clearly a joke. The testing that they're saying is happening people coming into the, into the country is clearly a joke and they say that they can't close down the border because of the way the world is right now but not so long ago they had no problem shutting down the border for cows and sheep when foot and mouth was in the country mm. so don't tell me you can't do it lads you can you're just not capable of doing it but, but you every w- time I go on you, you will go by the
the guidelines on if it's pushed back from the 5th of July to say... No, I can't. I've said it. I look, I, I, do you know what? My head has melted at this stage now. And, I, and look, I'm not asking or telling any other bar or restaurant to do it. But the only way we can do this is I have to open next Monday. I have to open. And if they want to come and shut me down, then so be it. But I'm going to ask the Gardaí. I've already gone on record. I've done a load of interviews saying I'm going to ask the Gardaí what the Minister for Justice asked them two weeks ago. I'm going to ask them to use their discretion. I'm going to ask them to come down and I'm going to say, look, lads, if I have 10 or 15 people in my place just so we're back open, just so we're trading, just so I can keep all my staff. The Minister for Justice told you to turn a blind eye two weeks ago when the legislation... No, that's outdoor drinking and, and you know that. Your, yeah. co- your customers would run the risk of a two grand fine. Well, yeah, but sure, but they were breaking the law, so everybody was running the risk of being jailed two weeks ago that was operating with outdoor drinking. Yeah, but that's the discretionary thing. It's the outdoor drinking uh, or outdoor yeah, dining. absolutely, 100%. So, whereas whereas so if you open we, on Monday and you bring customers open. indoors, your customers will be fined. You, do you know what? The amount of people have told me and want to book for Monday is frightening. They're just sick of it. Everybody is just sick of it. Okay. I'm looking at a stock room here in my restaurant with about five grand's worth of wine that I'm going to have to send back if I don't. We've already put in our orders to get in on Friday with the fishmongers, with the butchers, yeah. with everybody to get ourselves open because our government told us we'd be open. That's the reality. And of now it. they're turning around and they're saying, look, lads, we're going to go with these speculative numbers again from Neffet. And I can understand people are saying, you're shouting and screaming about another mad, crazy restaurateur giving out that, look, it's only two weeks, shut up and get on with it, and public health advice and blah, blah, blah. It's not that. It's, it's gone way beyond that now at this stage. Because what happens in 10 days' time, like I said, if they say, look, lads, it's actually going to be, they're talking about this, running out some data. Here, here, you've actually answered it already. They've talked about they're going to roll out this thing where we can check if people are vaccinated and let them in. It's six, eight weeks since the hacking has happened and they still can't fix that system. Okay. You think these clowns can turn around and have something like that up and, and ready to go in a matter of two weeks? Nonsense. Okay. Somebody needs to call them out, Neil. It's Let's utter see. nonsense. Let's see what decision is made this morning. We'll know at one o'clock, I'm told, and uh, then maybe we can talk again later in the week or Monday what, if you do what? open for indoor. Well, I, te- I tell you what, if Micheál Martin comes down and says, lads, look, we've taken the advice and we're going to let the restaurants open back in indoor dining, I will eat my hat, yeah. buy a pint for the man and shake his hand because it ain't going to happen. No, it doesn't look as if that will happen. I think best case scenario for you guys could well be the rollout of an app or some kind of a system that allows fully vaccinated people indoors while the others cool their wheels outdoors. We shall well, see. Well, I look forward to welcoming people into the restaurant in 2024 when they organise that app. All right. Okay, my friend, as always, thank you. Paul Travaud, Travauds and Killarney. Lines open at one 850 104 106 Text, why don't you? 086-8104-106. We'll pick it up after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. To the phone lines we go. Pat standing by, so is Frick, but uh, another Pat first up. Pat, good morning. You want to talk about football or people at football. Is that it? Correct, Neil. Neil, I just need to correct you on one point Please that you do. made with Paul there. Yeah. You just said that the government did not listen to Nevis over Christmas, December, which was what you said is correct. But however, the scales have changed. We've over 3.1 million people vaccinated, and of that, 41% have had the second dose, Neil. So the scales have changed in the last six months. So we go back an, ex- an excellent point. An excellent point. We were talking in a narrative back at Christmas time where no one was vaccinated. Well said. Correct. Well said. Well said. Now, yeah. Neil, we go back to March 2020 when the leader of this country, who's a doctor, turned around and told us 30,000 people in Ireland will die from COVID-19. That didn't happen, okay? 
70,000 was the figure that I remember. Well, he he said 30, and again, it went up to 70. You've nephews, there's 40 of those people. They're doing their job, that's fine. They're qualified to do that job, right? Now, Neil, you're going to have 140,000 people on the 8th of July at an event in the UK. That's at the British Grand Prix. You saw Wimbledon yesterday. You saw the... Uh, everybody at Wimbledon's been vaccinated. And I, forgive me now, but just tell me, what's the story with these big soccer stadiums? Do they all have a, a negative PCR test? They do. Okay, okay. They okay. do, yeah. they do. And then we had this um, bug, I call her a bug in the last six weeks. Personally, if I'm around the next 20 years, it'll be proven there was no bug. That didn't happen. That's because what bug, we're are, you, what bug are you ref- what bug are you referring to? This thing with the HC when they invaded their computers. The hacking. Yeah, I okay. personally believe this myself, and I worked with them for thirty-five years. We, I remember MRC in nineteen eighty-one. We still have MRC in two thousand twenty. So, are you saying that the the hack never happened? Is it? Never happened. And there's, there's other people saying that the HSE paid the hackers. So I, I don't know what to believe. I mean, I don't you know. See, Neil, Neil, Neil we're, we're, being, we're being told one thing on RTE, one thing on TV3, this stat, Red FM, fabulous news, okay? Like, we need to cop on. Like, we're, we're, we're travelling in cars, daily. We're travelling in buses. I know, but I don't want to be here in September and people are sharing stories of their parents, their elderly parents dying without being able to hold their hands in nursing homes again, you know? But you uh, see, Neil, that's the negative. Let's talk about the positive. Let's, the sun is out today. It won't be out for October, November. You know, people need to live, Neil. And you cannot keep putting us in a corner. It just has got to stop. And I would say to everybody who's listening to this show this morning, open up your bar, open up your restaurant, follow follow. The guidelines. You're going to put the guards in an awful position because the guards have well, hated the guards have hated the last fifteen or sixteen months. They've been but asked Neil, to do things they never wanted to do. But Neil, they cannot shut down every bar and restaurant on the fifth of July. You like you like and to I'm, travel. Adrian Cummins said recently that uh, oh yeah, well you won't be able to go into a, a bar or a restaurant indoors in Ireland, but you can get on a flight on the 19th yeah. of July and have a pint in Spain and Portugal indoors. I can't wait to get back over to Liverpool. Yeah. When you go up, you go up north with your wife, go up on a three-day trip. You can sit inside and have your glass of wine, have your dinner. What's What's the problem, Neil? Okay. Like you can hear my voice. I, I've no, I've no interest in restaurants. No, you know, folks, but somebody needs to wake up and smell the coffee. This country is sinking very fast, and I will tell you. Either you have Neffet or you don't. Either you listen to them or you don't. Well, Neil, look, you can't have your dinner. And have a steak on the side. You need to have all for one or one for And one final point, and I know what I'm going to say to you is this, right? They have told us over and over again, the government and Netflix, the virus has nowhere to hide. So therefore, why are hotels allowed to serve indoor dining? Every restaurant should take the government to court. It needs to stop now. Because okay. we're after being punished for long enough, Neil, I know people have died. That's very sad. Got 45 people in hospital with COVID. What about all those waiting for cancer scans and people who's sick? Come on, lads. Come on, Ireland. Wake up and get up. So living with the virus, because we had 18 deaths in June. We have to, Neil. We, Neil, we, Neil, we have to live with the virus. Okay. It's okay. as simple as that. All right, let me talk to Frick. You, you, know, you were in that business yourself, Neil, a couple of years ago. I know yeah. that. Yeah. You know I like traveling. I know you love the tennis. But, like, we just need to wake up, Neil, and tell this government, no... 
Let me get some more thoughts on this. Text 0868104106. Freak, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's it going? I'm good. Uh, I'm going to stay with this topic for a little while longer. What do you make of it yeah. all? I think it's a lot of cards all up, yeah, let's be honest. Well, I've not fit in the HRT or anything that comes out of Tony Hoolan's mouth either. You know, I think we're, we're being turned into, uh, well, to have us like to call the police there. I'd say guard us there. We won't be able to walk around our own country in each half of the Yeah. That is my opinion. Yeah. You, you know you, you're, not go, you're, not, you're not taking the vaccine, is that right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. And is there a reason for that? No, I don't think I don't think I'm healthy enough. I think when I've underlined conditions, but I think I'm alright. You know what I mean? I don't be like the next week, next year. Maybe could be like a pin cushion. Yeah. By the way, they're talking that you might have to double jabs every. No, year. you don't have to. You don't have to take the yeah, vaccine. You don't have to. Well, that's my that's my choice, Neil. You know what I mean? But you'll be listening to me to stick or so the country be up enough of everyone got the jab. But you're doing all the mask thing, are you? And the sanitizing. Oh yeah, yeah. I, will, I, I do that, Neil. But I don't see why we should be told hey, you have to get a jab. You know what I mean? This mm. country, like that man that was a great speaker there beforehand. I think it's about time you should grow up here and open up, simple as. As in, they should just yeah, op- open and open and, and ignore ignore whatever yeah. the government or NFT says. That is right. Yeah, it's working in every other country. So family, you know what I mean. This, this is only scaremongering. Funnily, funnily, funnily enough, a lot of the countries that are fully opened um, have less people vaccinated than us. I was reading that yeah. this morning. So that's what I mean. Saying it's fear is the biggest thing here, Neil. You know what I mean? It's like and fear is killing people. Not if you take the road, I like to, you know, people don't even broke in half because they're separated from their loved ones and that a lot quicker than they do from virus. Well, I think it's quite interesting, even one statistic alone, and unfortunately we had 18 deaths from COVID in June, but I wonder how many suicides we had in June. Yeah, Neil, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden they can give us all the facts and figures, but they couldn't early on stages, you know what I mean? They're not that advanced all of a sudden. Because I would think that the suicide figures in the month of June would have been much higher than the COVID deaths based on the people that I know alone uh, who either had to end their own life or family members. It's a lot of young, that's a lot of old, that's a lot of needs. I know I might still have to think there, but like, I'm a system natural at the moment, no. Right? And I, I might be... Because right now, for saying that's maybe by my family. Yeah, well, well, don't then, if you think it might cause grief for you. No, I don't think it will, because they, they're sporting their eighties, Neil. He's a one more than my sister is in the other, and they can't see each other. Mm. And yet they're living together on their own, or the family around the country. They're both being their eighties next year. There's things like that gets to me, Neil. Not, not just a boy, it's family. There's plenty of families all over the country. In those cases, I can't see why people... And they're fully vaccinated, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why can't people visit each other if that's the scenario? Okay, you know I mean? all right. Let's get some more calls yeah. on the air. All right, Frick, as always, hang in there, guys. Calls on the way after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Dan, thanks for holding. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, your take on all of this. And the cabinet are meeting now, and we, we should know in a number of hours. So go ahead. I don't know how to, I don't know why the hospitality section is uh, thinking everything is going to open. Have they any common sense at all? Like, because the mistake was made over 12 months ago when the airports and the ferry ports should have been shut down. Yes, but they're, opening the, but they're opening the airports on the 19th of July while keeping businesses in Ireland closed indoors. That's okay, no, but let me see. You go on holiday, and you can come back into the country, and you you could be carrying a virus, and it won't show. 
That's another problem. Yeah, but then, then, then why are they opening and allowing people to go on their summer holidays, 19th of July? Well, I hope that all those going on holidays are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. No, you won't have to be fully vaccinated. That's, that's, that's where the problem is lying at the moment, isn't it? Because there's going to be... You see, you've detected you've a variant now at the moment, right? Maybe in another couple of months' time, you might even have an Irish variant. Ah, yeah, but like that's like saying that's like saying I could be hit by a bus at two o'clock this afternoon. You have no idea. Well, there's every possibility. You know, if you weren't careful enough, right? No. I mean, I mean, some some would say you'd have a better chance of being hit by a bus than this than being killed by uh, by COVID now. <laughs> I don't very much. This whole strain is bad. I mean, I mean that. But I mean, if they shut, if they shut all them things down, this country and every man, woman, and child in the country vaccinated. This country will rock it boom. But it's not going to happen until then. Until every single person is vaccinated? Every man, woman and child in the country, yes. So no flights, no one travelling in, no one going on summer holidays, no indoor hospitality, tiny weddings. It's It's summertime here and we have a beautiful country here. And have your holidays here. And every hotel in the country and all B&Bs, they'll be all full. But things are not going to work out until until that happens. It's as simple as that. Every man, woman and child vaccinated. And all the hospitals had this section. They're all running down the same rabbit hole. They're not they running. There's 150,000 of them employed. Uh, God knows. I mean, you, you're probably talking about somewhere between seven and 10,000 businesses across the country. All of them getting well, stocked up and everything. Yeah. People on pop wanting to go back to work. A lot of, you know, I know we well, criticize well, an awful well, lot of well, hospitality. But I met an awful lot of businesses over the weekend where the staff raced back to work when they got the first well, chance. I, 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 we, we travel around the country ourselves. We've seen it, you know. But uh, you see, the, uh, the hospitality section, they should put pressure on the government to vaccinate every man, woman and child sooner. Okay, well, hold, hold on there for one second, because I just want to bring Kieran in. Kieran, good morning. Hello there, how are you? Dan is saying, no freedom whatsoever until every man, woman and child is vaccinated. Yeah, the man's away to fairies. Man's absolutely away to fairies. Does he believe everything he's been told? This is a pandemic. There's no Indians there, in there. This is all down to control. Nothing else. And why is it down to control? What control? It's down to control. It's just down to control. They want to control everyone. That's what this is all down to. This is a pandemic. This is what this is. I know a man... So they want to run up a half a trillion euro debt, keep people out of work, um, for control. We're being fed up all the lies. Simple as. It's time now for Mahal Nafton and the whole lot of Nifford. Who's on the board of Nifford? Who's on the board? Ah, sure, there's like, there's, there's loads of... I'm not sure who's on it. Who's on it, in all fairness? There's no one asking questions here. Who's on the board? There, well... There's serious questions we raised here in all this. We're being fed nothing but a BFS ball of lies. I would say from first day, I don't believe one word of it. At all? I know a man who died lately. He dropped dead inside the yard. The doctors came, looked at him, and the doctor knew he had a heart problem. He went away and he put it down his covert. He, but did he die with COVID? No. None. He had no COVID. Uh, so like, you're saying that doctors now, you're saying now the doctors are fraudulently filling in death certs. Come on. Yes. Death certs with COVID. Why would a doctor lie about a cause of death? In all fairness, like that makes no sense. That's what's going on around the country tomorrow. I, I know of myself. I would witness myself actually. I would seen I was in the yard that day. My dear man, I do trust in Nifford. Every word they say. Not a hope. 
BFS Lloyd, eat all night to wake up big time and take your head out of the sand and see what's really going out there. So does that include you not getting the vaccine yourself then, does it? Karen? I'm not taking no vaccine. There's no much sticky needle. Well, you, 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 will, no. you will have to quarantine. You shouldn't be left out. Rubbish. Absolute no. rubbish. What do you mean? You shouldn't. I'm free to travel. I can do as I like. Yeah. But you're making every so called act is there. Action statues, statues are null and void. And the reason why you're not taking the vaccine is, is because. This is a provisional government that's the, telling you what to do. This is a provisional government that's telling you what imagine, to do. Imagine being inside in a pint or having a pub with you and I vaccinated and you're not. That all, that, that all sounds right. Sure you're aware of the fairies with your vaccinations. How is he aware of the fairies? How? He, he, like yeah, the, they're, all, they're really going into your heads big time. Well, I'd be able to go into the pub. I'd be able to go into the pub. So, you know, when I get my second vaccine, you won't. All right, okay. One says bareface lies. Another says no freedom till all vaccinated. Bareface lies. Dan, would you go into the pub indoors if they had a digital cert? Um, and oh, you yeah, had and no, problem, you, no, pro- no problem, no and problem. And so, and you'd have buddies or family members or other people yeah. who couldn't go in. Naked up. Well, I, I'd enjoy going into the pub now again, have my old game of pool, and talk to my old mates. Be lovely, fully vaccinated. Even though there'd be other people couldn't do what you were able to do. Exactly. I would yeah, never. I would yeah, never yeah. do that. I would never ever do that. There's no way that I would go into a pub or a restaurant just because I had two jabs when others couldn't. Why well, did it just up to them, isn't it? It's not their fault that they haven't had a second jab. I just think it would be very unfair. No, see, I'm, I'm, I know, yeah, that's all right, now, but I'm talking about the people who want to refuse it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm asking you a straight question. If you had, if if you got one of these vaccine certs now, a digital cert, yeah. digital, saying that you could go indoors when others couldn't, would you do it? I would, of course. Okay. All no right. Problem. Okay. Thank you both. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I wouldn't. Back after ten. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. You betcha with another 400 euro voucher again today. We got some great stories yesterday on people's dreams. Freaky, vivid, uh, weird, funny dreams. Keep them coming. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Text 086-8104-106. And of course, then we will uh, call you back. So I guess make sure you have a a mobile number that you're contactable by text or by email. And that's courtesy of ourselves and Living Dreams. And they're based down in the Little Island Business Park, just behind the NCT, uh, Quag's newest store, top international and, more importantly, Irish brands. Lots of bedding, lots of mattresses, lots of sofas, lots of occasional furniture uh, and well worth a browse. So pop down there and check them out online. They're on Facebook, Living Dreams with a Z. And if that wasn't enough for you, Sports Direct have given us a €250 Sports Direct voucher to give away. Um, Get ready for the championships in the rebel red of a Cork jersey with Sports Direct, born to play. So a €250 Sports Direct voucher. You can spend it on whatever you wish, but I'll have one of those between now and midday today. So for a €250 Sports Direct voucher, this is what you're listening out for. I'll play it again sometime between now and midday. Not just yet, but when you hear it again later. South Maguire goes proudly back to Lee's side. It's Sam and it's Liam in the one year for Cork. <laughs> the double. 
What a great year. And we'll have one of those again soon, I hope. Anyway, when you hear that again, 1-850-104-106. Call a 10, I believe, on that one when you hear that cue to call for a 250 euro voucher. By text to 0868-104-106. So, do the staff who work indoors have to be fully vaccinated? It's total madness, says Denise. Tables indoor dining are socially distanced, sanitized after each sitting. Diners wear masks until they're sitting at the table and wear it every time they leave the table. Hands are sanitized, rooms are ventilated. I feel much safer if I were dining indoors than going into a supermarket to do my shopping. Supermarkets are COVID pits. Everything we put in our trolleys has been mauled by people and put back on the shelves. I see it all the time. There's hardly any social distancing on shop floors. The rules are all wrong. Totally unfair to businesses what's happening right now. Let them open, says Denise. Chelsea says, correct me if I'm wrong, but a vaccinated person is only protecting themselves. They can still pass and spread the virus. It doesn't stop transmission. So overall, it's an individual choice. So why the discrimination against those who choose to stay unvaccinated? Sarah says, this all shouts of control. More and more of what the tinfoil hats said is actually coming true. D, yet not fully, vac- yet not fully vaccinated can go into a hotel, a B&B, a shop, a cinema, a gym, a pool. It's an absolute joke. Can't get my head around it. Makes no sense. There will be 250,000 coming into Ireland every week. The hospitality sector will get blamed again, even though the numbers associated with COVID in them were never worth mentioning. It's a disgrace. Uh, Natalie says with regards to um, some kind of a vaccine passport or a digital, complete discrimination. Laura says, another joke, 40 odd people in hospital and we're locking down to relieve the pressure on our health service. How are they even justifying this? Carmel says, don't forget half the staff are young and not vaccinated. Um, That's half the staff in hospitality. Um, Angelica says, absolute disgrace. Some way to single people out. Servers are more than than likely won't be vaccinated. I think it's time to just open up, get on with our lives. Uh, Deirdre says, it's a joke of a system. Leave all the vaccinated in, but they'll be served and waited on by younger people who are not vaccinated. It's a joke, I swear. It's going to cause major decisions. I imagine that should be divisions in families. And also people don't have a say to when they get a call for the vaccine. It's all government control. And there's many more like that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Uh, how many people actually would go indoors if that's announced? That somebody... Uh, here's the deal. As Joe Biden would say, what they're talking about now is, you know that vaccination card that you have and it got stamped when you got the first one and then you got stamped and the serial number of the vaccine was put down on it and then the same thing happened put a sticker on it to show that you have a card saying that you're fully vaccinated that could be what they'll use now they could also roll out a digital cert but knowing Ireland that would take months so if they agree that people who are fully vaccinated could go indoors in hospitality that card that you have with the two different jabs on it that would be your proof right but how many people would actually do it? I know we have always said that it wasn't true that we're all in this together. But this would be a really great example of everybody being in this together. Like, how many people would go indoors fully vaccinated knowing that their others couldn't? I'd like to get your opinions on that. one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 106 Text 106 Chris, good morning. Good morning, dude. Good morning, listeners. Firstly, would, would, firstly, let me ask you that question. Would you? Go indoors? Yeah, when others couldn't? Uh, 
Uh, absolutely. I would go indoors, absolutely. I think 500 days I would be, be me being locked out and sacrificing things in my life, I would definitely, most definitely... But what about those who have only had one vaccine? You would still go indoors in spite of them not being able to? Well, it's, it's tough look. I didn't, I, did, I didn't decide who got vaccines and who didn't. It was the government. And now they're deciding that everybody can do different things. But I, ha- I need a choice, and my choice would be to go in, regardless of who's, who's vaccinated and who's not. I, d- I, d- I don't think, I don't think uh, nobody's asking me, but I don't think I'd be able to do that. Okay, that's fair enough, that's you, but uh, this is my choice, and you're asking me, would I go in? And my answer is yes, I would go in. And I am vaccinated, I am, I am double-vaccinated. Double and and you'd, you'd have no problem with that? You'd have no guilt about doing that? Absolutely no guilt because I know. First of all, where, where I where I would be treated anyway, it, it, it is perfectly clean and hygienically, and the tables are separate. And, and no, 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 I'm, I'm no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in support of those who could not. Well, with all due respect, I'm not up around the grand parade dancing around the three o'clock in the morning, and and and, and I can't I can't go up and join that. You know what I mean? Um, they'll do what they want uh, and why can't I do what I want okay okay thank you for answering that go ahead what point did you want to make my point is this time of the year even the dog on the street knows that the majority of staff in the HSC are on holidays and Dr. Hoolin is is eating from the one table because he is from the HSC institution and he is safeguarding that institution uh, by extending this for another two or three weeks because he knows that the majority of staff in this in the HSC are on holidays. And if anything goes wrong regarding a hike in COVID, the hospitals can cope. They can cope anyway. I have to pull, I have to pull you up on that. How, I mean, how do you know that there are an awful lot of people are on holidays? Well, even, even the dogs in the street know that at the end of July, come, your know, hospital appointments um, are cancelled. Uh, um, that there's bed, bed trolleys and beds on, in, in the wards, in hospitals, increase that time of year. Uh, always because there's a staff shortages and there's appointments cancelled because of staff shortages. And why has that anything to do, why has that got anything to do with delaying reopening and uh, living with the virus? Because if the virus increases in the next two or three weeks, the hospitals can't cope, won't be able to cope at all. Because there won't be any staff there to, to, to cope with it. They'll be on holidays. Yeah, so, but, but, what, but what is your point? Are, are you saying that you're saying that there will be a surge and we no, won't be prepared for it. Dr. Hoolan uh, Hoolin is only covering his own house here because he's a, he wants the government to extend the lockdown so that the hospitals can get through the holidays. Oh, okay. So the reason behind this it is to yeah. facilitate HSE holidays. HSE holidays is staff, yeah. Short, as you say. <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> okay. Um... This is what I believe, and, and, then, and they'll all be—they'll all be back from their holidays at the end of of July, and this yeah. is all made and, up because. And, of and then there'll be nothing changed. Nothing changed. There'll be no increases. Hopefully not anyway, but I couldn't see it. Uh, and they'll all be finished the holidays, and everyone will be happy ever after. Okay, interesting point. Appreciate that. Thank you for it, Paul. Good morning. Uh, oh, my apologies. He's on six. Paul, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's an interesting take from Chris that this is all just to facilitate hospital holidays. What are your thoughts? What I what I think they try to hide the the real problem in Irish society, which is what have a, which health system is down properly. It's properly down. It's almost dead. 
let's say. Mm. People in the trolley, no beds, and more and more. Everybody knows about this. Nobody speak about that. Just every time when it's coming a new variant, like English variant, then Indian variant, and whatever, new restriction and new problem. Yeah, well, if, if our health system has a problem, right, and yeah. say there is a surge or there was a surge or we didn't take any action. Anyway, we'd have been the only country in the world that didn't take any action if we'd done nothing. And our health system is broken or certainly, um, you know, dodgy. And there had been a huge outbreak. The entire health system would have collapsed then, wouldn't it? It's already collapsed, the entire entire system. I know. I mean, like, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's totally collapsed. I mean, that, that would be absolute chaos. Yeah, as as long as the restriction is not collapsed, but if you put back the people and you get more cases, it's going to be collapsed straight away. We all know that. Don't forget what happened when when the figure was up and the the people, they, they were at the point to choose who is going to live and who is going to die. Mm, um, I, do, I don't know that we... Did we have a situation here where they had in the UK where there was illegally signed letters saying do not resuscitate signed by doctors we didn't have that here did we not we had- yet not yet but we're gonna be there if it's getting back the, the, the figure up and we have that kind of problem is this what they try to hide and don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not trying to to blame the government which is now the problem is before this government Okay, um, so that's a broken health system, but where are you with regards to whether or not the country opens up fully or not? I would like to, to see fully open the country for everybody. It's not for everybody, not, not for people who stay home, for, for, for everybody's heart in this situation. Okay, thanks for that. Philip, good morning. Good morning, Niall. Okay. Uh, you might have seen my comments on your Facebook page. I, I did not, so talk to me about them. I think it's ridiculous. They're going to end up with a two-tier apartheid system in this country. You're going to have, like Matty McGrath said, Nazi Germany. There's a picture up on your page I put up of an, of an, an old Jewish man holding the star with his tattoo on his arm. That's what this is going to come down to in this country. Nefit need to go. They're a pack of morons. There's, the hospital numbers are down. Big deal of cases, 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 cases. That's all you hear from cases, 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 scaremongering, scaring the hell out of people, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. They're not telling them. The FDA came out and said it. The vaccine is experimental. They did not give approval for it, only for emergency use. They're not telling you in this country that the, 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 that, that the heart disease is coming out from it, that mitochondria or whatever it is. That's happening in the younger generation, the blood clots. They're not saying it. The news are keeping their mouths shut. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to upset Tony Houlihan. They don't want to upset Michal Monty Burns Martin. They don't want to upset Leo Varacker, who the other day... They are upsetting them. Neffet are upsetting them. They don't want to be getting this kind of news. They don't want want to be told of uh, the modeling that Neffet are coming up with that could have, I don't know, how many hundreds of thousands of cases and... You know, two and a half thousand deaths across the summer. Like the government don't want to hear that kind of stuff. They want they to hear it. They're, they're, they're allowing it. Tony Houlihan came out in the thing. I seen an article there that he said by August we're going to have six hundred eighty thousand cases. Where is he coming up with this? 
They're basing Tony it on... Tony Moulihan does not like pubs. Plain and simple. That man don't like pubs. He don't like the people of Ireland. They're giving him awards and everything up in Dublin. You had the cervical cancer scandal. You had the swine flu that he said, oh, it's safe. Now you have kids suing for narcolepsy. It's getting ridiculous in this country. This country's going to end up coming down to a civil war because the people are tired of it. They, the businesses, look at the businesses. I've seen shops here in Tralee shut, gone, never to open again. Pubs shot, gone, never to open again. Do the government care? No. Oh, we'll give them 5,000 euros a, a week and they'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, but the, the five. Now, in fairness, the five thousand were for the huge pubs and the massive businesses. The smaller, the smaller country pubs got nothing like five grand a week. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And then you had and then you had Leo Wrecker in the middle of a big party, no social distancing and no masks. Um, they they are saying that it's only for a few more weeks. <laughs> that was that was said two years ago. With it's only two weeks to flatten the curve. We're into what almost nineteen months now of flattening the curve. Come on, America's opened. My mother's in New York, they're out dining. Texas opened up 15 weeks ago, mm. and their cases dropped down to, to very nothing. Mm. They've got 75 to 80,000 people sitting inside a, uh, an arena at sporting events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we, and, and we are the only country in Europe now that is still closed indoors for hospitality, yeah. still has tiny weddings, still hasn't got musicians and drama back in theater and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's because Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael for the last hundred years, have screwed this country up. The medical system in this country, I came back, what, 25 years ago from Florida. This hospital my son was born in Florida looked like it was built that that year. Come back to look at Tralee General Hospital, Cary, Cary University Hospital, it looked like it was built in the 1930s. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke. The medical says that's what's wrong with them. They're afraid they're going to have what they had every year. The big overrun in the hospitals that they can't maintain it and they can't handle it. Like they said, there's 47 do people you, in the hospital. Do you believe then that we just need to live with it? Live with it. Okay. That's what we need to do, live with it. I can tell you, I've got asthma. I've walked around this country. I've been to Dublin, been to Cork. I've been to protest on thousands of people, myself, my wife, my family. None of us have been sick. I have been sick in two years. No colds, no flus, no asthma attacks, nothing. No mask. No mask, no hand sanitizer, because I'm not going to put that crap in my hand. Going in and out of every shop I go into is ridiculous. And I talk to people on the streets, and even the people I meet in the streets don't have their mask on. So did you get grief? Did you get grief? I got grief one day inside Woody's. An old man came up to me and asked me where my mask was, and I said, excuse me, mind your own business, I'm exempt. He goes, it is my business. No, it's not. Mm. I don't have to tell you my exemption. And I walked out of the store. Yeah, but you weren't exempt. I am exempt. Oh, I have asthma. Oh, okay. okay. I have my letter from my doctor and everything, but I don't show it. But even if you didn't have asthma, you wouldn't wear a mask, I'd say. No. Yeah. What's yeah. the sense? Okay. My, okay. My, mother, my mother's in New York, and my brother's and everything. My brother's a bus driver. He don't wear a mask. And he had Como coming out telling everybody, do this, do this. And, and, and Anthony Fauci, here's another one. He's under investigation now for his Wuhan and a lion. All the lying he did to the American people in the world. And our government is sitting there falling behind, listening to all the bullets coming on. They're listening to Tony Houlihan. They're listening to this. I, made, I got pissed off at Professor McConaughey with his, we're going to have eighty to 120,000 people dead when this first came out. Now he's turned around telling the government to open up. The man well, that was interesting has. text. Bobby says, back in March 2020, Sam McConkey said there'd be 15,000 people dead by the end of the month. 
It never happened. No. Uh, it, it's actually time, says Bobby, for a change of government because an effort needs shifting and this government won't shift them. Yeah. Because I suppose they won't because they won't shift themselves. No. no, they won't because they're even now they're trying to get up, get a, get against Sinn Féin again. Oh, we got to we got to stop Sinn Féin from getting in. All right, Sinn Féin just Sinn Féin just the other side of their coin. Okay, okay. They let don't me care get, less neither. Let me get some more calls in the air. Thank you. For, thank welcome. you for your contribution. The uh, latest on this actually from Independent.ie in the Cabinet of meeting, reopening of indoor dining is expected to be delayed uh, until July nineteenth. While a system to allow vaccinated people or those who have been infected and can prove they've been infected with COVID-19 in the last nine months, nine months, they will be allowed to dine inside whatever system they come up with. Um, so up until July 19th, indoor dining is expected to be delayed. While a system to allow vaccinated people or those who've been infected with COVID in the last nine months to dine inside. Um, a number of vaccine certificate options have been considered by ministers but there's anger, as we know, amongst restaurateurs and publicans. So one proposal would see people asked to produce their vaccine cert or another form of ID to eat or to drink inside. Um, what's interesting about this is they say the reopening of indoor dining is expected to be delayed until July 19th, while a system to allow vaccinated people to dine inside. Does that mean then that after July 19th, only vaccinated people who can prove that they've been vaccinated or have had COVID, will be allowed to dine inside. It's kind of vague in that regard, isn't it? But the next couple of hours will tell a lot. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Lots of calls and texts to come on this, and I will come back to it throughout the course of the morning. But what's your? what would you read into this? This is from uh, RT Online right now. The Cabinet will meet this morning to consider a proposal to develop a system that would permit only those who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 to eat and drink inside bars and restaurants. So that's one of the things they're chatting about this morning. This would mean that the reopening of indoor hospitality planned for Monday would be delayed for several weeks to allow time for the system to be established. So my understanding, I mean, what do you guys think of that? Does that not mean that, say, on July 19th, indoor dining and indoor drinking will be allowed but only to the fully vaccinated that this that this delay regardless of the length of it will only allow fully vaccinated indoors while others waiting on the second jab will be outdoors am i, am I reading that correctly your thoughts on that text 0868104106 and i will come back to it again so um We'll just pause that for now because there are other issues that I also want to deal with this morning, including a, a very sensitive and quite alarming email that I got in last week. Um, actually, I will be returning to other emails as well with regards to domestic abuse, whether it's physical or whether it's mental or both. Um, but this is this is this one that really attracted my attention. I'm writing this as I'm sitting in my car, not knowing what to do and uh, wondering if I am completely overreacting. I've been with my husband a few years now and we have a couple of children who are young so I'm constantly tired as a stay-at-home mum and one of my kids has special needs. I'm exhausted. My husband has always had a higher sex drive than me. He is usually the one to initiate sex and although I'm not in the mood most of the time I just go along with it as such. However, the other night he initiated sex again and I wasn't feeling very well and did not want to have sex that night. But he kept trying, even though I kept saying, no, stop, I'm not feeling well, to the point where it was like he wasn't even listening to me anymore and just had sex with me anyway. 
I just feel extremely low about this and unsure, really, if this is even an issue. He is my husband, after all, and not some stranger. But I just feel used, and I don't know why. I also feel my trust with him is broken, and the security I once felt with him is gone. I can't get those feelings out of my head. Am I reading too much into this? Am I overreacting and being overly sensitive? I just want to see if any of your listeners have ever been in this situation or perhaps might have advice or anything at all that would help me to understand to deal with this situation. Please don't give out my details. Things are bad enough as it is. So with that in mind, uh, put in a call to Mary Crilly from the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. And we'll give out a free phone number for the, uh, for the centre at the end of the conversation. And she joins me by phone. We've sent her the email as well, incidentally. Mary, good morning. Morning, morning, Neil. So, I, I, I read it out. I mean, you know, uh, let me just ask you that. She says, um, am I reading too much into this? Am I overreacting and being overly sensitive? I don't think she is. I mean, I, I had looked at too, and you know, what hit me was the total disregard this man has for her and what she feels. And I've no doubt a lot of young parents out there, when children come along, you know, their their sexual activity kind of changes. Everything changes because people are tired, and couples understand they talk to each other. They know that's how it is for a while, and then that passes as the kids get bigger or as they have more time. But this man just seems not to care what his wife felt and I think he's stepped a line he's gone over a line which he will go over again and again and again once he's gone over it once he will keep doing it and he won't in his head see that I raped my wife he'll just say I got what I needed um, but he won't see it as rape but that's exactly what it is I mean marital rape became law in Ireland in 1990 and there's only been three to four um, successful convictions since then but that is marital rape because before 1990 like, before the law changed what was the situation pre-1990 well, you know yourself that we're here since 1983 and women would come in who said something similar happened or that their husband was raping them in a way that they would call it rape and that they couldn't, um, it wasn't a crime. It was not a crime until 1990. The man had a right to do what he wants to do to you in a sexual kind of way before 1990. It's almost as changed. if back then it was, he, you were his property, right? You were his property. And, and like this man seems to be treating his wife like his property. Like he's decided he wants to have sex. He wants to, whether she's tired or not, he's going to do it. And I think that's appalling. And the majority of men um, who are out there with their wives do not do this. So, you know, this is a, a guy deciding. This isn't his body reacting or his body body's deciding, he's deciding to do this and he's deciding to do it to her. And my heart goes out to her because I think if she's young children and somebody with special needs and she's lost the trust of a man who she loves, who she wants to be with, I think it's appalling. I mean, I would recommend her, you know, ring somebody, ring a counsellor, ring anybody, talk to a doctor, talk to somebody to get some kind of support for help to herself to see where she wants to go. That could be kind of going to... You know, family counseling, I'm not saying walk away, but that could be getting some kind of help, some kind of support for herself because unfortunately this will continue once he started. It won't be a one Is there any advice that be is there any advice that could be given to her as to what she should say to him? No, I don't mean in a threatening manner. It sounds as if he's not listening though. I mean she could say like she said before, I'm tired, I don't want it. We have young kids, I'm not able, I need more support in the house, let's kinda of work together on things. But sounds as if he doesn't listen because you know yourself, men in general, ordinary men out there with their wives do not do this in bed. They just don't. They mightn't they mightn't be happy with somebody saying she's tired and she doesn't want to, you know, have sex again, but they understand it and they'll turn over and go asleep, maybe huffing and puffing or whatever, but they will not do this. So, I mean, for me, it's very black and white. It's not grey. This man 
has crossed the line. He has no right to to show such disregard to another human being. So do you think this is quite rare or it's an unspoken thing in the sense that many women might be suffering in secret? I think totally unspoken thing because I think women feel so guilty when they can't do uh, be with their partner like they want to be or when they're so tired or because there's so much pressure on women with young children and people with special needs and the energy that takes and then they often feel guilty they feel responsible they might kind of say to us but Mary he has his needs and I have to go along even if I don't want to and the thing is you don't have to go along because most men will understand so we need to kind of help them to get rid of their guilt and look at kind of what is really happening here uh, now she didn't. She didn't do anything except uh, because she said, "I'm not feeling too well." To the, she said to him, to the point where it was like he wasn't even listening to me anymore and just had sex with me anyway. She, she, she did not try to stop him. Should she? I think she's already said, and she's probably so tired. Oh, oh, oh I know, but I mean, physically, no. It. I mean, could that lead to other issues? I think it's, you know, like when you're tired, when it's your partner and you don't believe your partner's doing this, if it's a stranger, she probably would have reacted differently or maybe try and fight him off. But as she said in the email, it was her husband, so she's very shocked by it. And that's the first thing I hear from people if I meet them in the sexual assault treatment unit, if something similar has happened, is the overall shock that the husband did this, that he knew she was tired and did this. And I think even physically fighting them, he probably just would have said you're overreacting and would have done it anyway. Maybe would have waited until she's asleep because a lot of rape happens when people are asleep. Well, the majority do. I mean, it is a thing. It really is appalling. You know, that is when it does happen. Yeah, so so you would not recommend that she should say um, uh, to shout or to get out of the bed or, or push him away or anything? Um, no, no. I mean, she's probably trying to keep the kids asleep. Okay. You know, she's fighting them. And it really is hard, you know, to say if your husband is doing this because, you know, like I say, he won't call it rape. It's very hard for her to use that word, but that's what it is. And, and sh- okay, so making a phone call, um, w- would she say something like, uh, if you don't stop, I'm going to get counselling. If you don't stop, I'm going to call... Uh, sexual violence centre if you don't stop I'm going to call the guards I think she needs to get some kind of family therapy I think she needs to look at it together with him and see where they are going and what they are going to do uh, because a lot of women want to stay in the relationship but they want the behaviour to change so it's not a quick jerk reaction but it is for her I think getting some support for her to help her work through what she needs to do from here whether it's up to a family member or a friend or whoever just to see what she wants to do but from my point of view and I'm sure from your point of view she is not overreacting no ab- absolutely not I mean my skin was crawling I was really upset when I read it I thought it was an awful absolutely. awful predicament to be put in yeah. would, would you talk to her absolutely absolutely or anybody in here I mean if you want to pass my mobile on I'd be quite happy to talk to her okay. or anybody in here would I also dealt with the a connected issue to this last week and this was the surge in domestic abuse reports and uh, you, you know women's aid they released some information last uh, week 10 days ago talking about a, a 43% increase something in the region of 30,000 uh, cases of abuse last year involving um, 6,000 involved child victims they were talking about women in the home um, being strangled having their teeth knocked out physical and coercive control, some women uh, suffering miscarriages because of the physical abuse, the emotional abuse. They said that this has been rocketing also because of people living in a nightmare scenario environment for women and children trapped vulnerably and violently in situations because of COVID. I mean, it was very, very depressing reading. I think it was, but I think I'd kind of like to say that men who don't abuse will not abuse just because they're locked up in COVID. 
I mean, let's get really clear about that because there's so many good men out there and they won't react in this kind of way just because they're locked up. I think the situation was that men who are abusive anyway, um, there's just no getting away from them because the woman was there with them 24-7. I don't know in the work we do here in the Sexual Violence Centre, we, we've been here every day since lockdown. We didn't, um, the door was shut, but we were in here every single day. And, you know, we went through the waiting list. We fought people on the waiting list, so we started going through that, you know, when we were locked down originally in March. But I know people even said to me, you probably weren't as busy because the girls weren't out there getting drunk or, you know, taking chances or taking risks. You know, the way the slang was still used. But unfortunately, we were as busy and there was no drink involved. But young girls maybe who were in the apartments or who were in student accommodation and were friendly with other people in the accommodation area because they only had each other. The rapes were still going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the violence was still going on. The entitlement was still going on. So it is happening. Well, so, not all men do, and you're absolutely spot on in that regard. But the report was saying that women living with abusive partners um, found the last 12 to 15 months, certainly last year, much more difficult because they were locked up with the abusive partner. Totally, sure. I mean, you know, you couldn't get a break to bring the kids to school. You couldn't kind of go for coffee with anybody. You couldn't do anything. You were just locked in. Um, and everything in abusive relationships is the victim's fault anyway, whether it's a male victim or a female victim. The perpetrator will always say it's their fault. So it was doubly their fault with the kids at home crying or screaming or bored or whatever. I think it must have been just a nightmare. Okay. A nightmare for people. Okay. okay. Uh, let me give out the phone number and uh, and also perhaps if that lady would like to pass on, uh, I have her email address and if she wants to get in touch with you, I can certainly facilitate that. Um, appreciate you taking the call, Mary. Oh, oh okay. just before Thank I go, I, I was reading about you this morning. Just just as a by the way, uh, you welcomed some new initiative within college uh, colleges regarding um, issues involving. Uh, particularly Freshers Week, which is a problem for for female students by and large. What's that about? We found in the past few years, like Freshers Week is the first, it's the worst week for rapes in college of young students. You know, where they might be at a party on the first night or the second night, and somebody who they usually they know from home or something, and he might say, "I'll show you around." Now, nine times out of ten, the guy will show them around, and everything will be fine. But on the one occasion where this guy has other kind of ideas, she will get raped, and I find it is the worst time. And Simon Harris was really looking at this and putting in place um, consent programs and. But not just that, the colleges have to come up with policies and procedures and have to show what's going to happen if somebody does report, um, how are they going to kind of act from there on, not just kind of say, oh, we're a great college and we really do consent classes and we want to make a difference, but really knuckle down and really make changes in different colleges and higher education. And what so would those changes be? Rape on campus is... is, is you know, really happens too much. Okay, well, first of all, it's policy procedures. It's putting somebody in place so they can um, account it. It's kind of really making the colleges accountable. It's getting data. It's all that kind of stuff. It's a whole, you, you know, I think those two colleges who didn't give up their action plan up to Simon Harris and they were named, I think one was Watford and I forget what the other one was, but they're really kind of keeping an eye on what's happening the Higher Education Institute. But like everything else then, everybody has to get involved I wish it was something like, I remember a number of years ago going out to UC and all up on the gorgeous windows in the library was don't bring in any plastic, plastic cups not allowed on campus. And within a, a term that had changed, those, you know, because it just wasn't accepted. And that's what we're looking for, that rape on campus would not be accepted and okay. the entitlement um, thing that goes on would not be accepted. It's 
small changes, but at least it's, it's recognising that it does happen. Good few. Okay, thanks Mary as always. I was just curious what that change okay. was. Thank you yeah. as always. Mary Crilly from the Sexual okay. Violence Centre in Cork. 1-800-496-496. 1-800-496-496. Calls on this after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM Text 0868104106 Mary made an interesting point there about the vast majority of men who would never in any way shape or form harm women and indeed the vast majority of husbands would never put a wife through the scenario that was described in that email so I have calls on that but I just want to chat with Derek Smith he's a supervisor at the male advice line who support uh, men who are experiencing domestic and psychological abuse he joins me by phone Derek good morning Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me. Not at all, because a lot of the time we don't hear um, of, uh, you know, issues that men go through as much. So it's important to try and have some amount of balance. Um, uh, And what what was the last year like for your organisation, for your support group? Uh, Well, first of all, Neil, let me say that we fully appreciate that women experience domestic abuse far more than than men. Ah, yeah, well, the figures back that up, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is that men experience it too, and our our um, helpline has seen um, an increase of three hundred percent over the last year. And are there different types of calls? Or are these are the three hundred percent increase in in men suffering domestic abuse at the hands of women? Well, yeah, I mean, essentially that 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 is the main that's the main um, uh, reason behind it. But like um, domestic abuse takes various different forms. Like it's not just physical, it can be emotional. And we hear a lot now about coercive control and that can take very different forms of abuse. Like, What's coercive example, control? Well, coercive control can be threats. It can be um, watching, um, watching your calls, checking your text, emails, all of that kind of um, psychological abuse. So checking the calls and emails and things like that is coercive control because she doesn't trust her partner, is it? Yeah, well, that yeah, well, that, well, yeah. I mean, that's part of it, but you know, ultimately, it's control, having control over the other person. And the threats? What kind of threats? Well, I mean, you, you know, I've had calls like um, in the past, we say where. Um, somebody might say, well, you know, I'm going to harm myself if you don't do this or I'm going to kill myself if you don't do this. Those kind of threats. God almighty. And and also threats to put him out, as they say. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's a very common one. Like, I'm going to throw, get you thrown out. I'm going to make things up about you. Yeah, absolutely. I can, you know, I'll make things up about you. Tell your friends, tell your family, you're this, you're that. And that was... And when you're uh, gone, you won't see the kids kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. That's all part of it, yeah. I've experienced that myself on the line. And do men suffer in silence then? Um, Or are they getting better at opening up and telling their stories? Well, I think a lot of men are still suffering in silence because men in general find it difficult to, which they talk about their emotions or talk about their feelings. But I think it's slowly changing. And what the message that I'd like to put out there this morning is that there is emotional support and practical advice for men of all ages. And what's their fear? That they, they won't be believed or that they're embarrassed or they might appear weak and things like that, is it? Yeah, all of the above, Neil. Yeah. 
they feel they won't be believed. They feel that um, it's not, you know, it's not manly. I should be able to handle this. I should be able to do this. Um, all of the above. Ema was telling me as well that you also have an increase, a steady increase in calls from gay men experience, experiencing intimate partner abuse. Yes. What, what does right. that mean? Explain that. Well, basically, I mean, it is it, 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 it is domestic abuse, you know, and like, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're male, female in a same sex relationship. Abuse is abuse and it's just not acceptable. But intimate partner abuse is like yeah. forced, forced sex, is it? Well, it can be. It can take that form, mm. which is abuse. Mm. And... What what can you do to help besides listening? Uh, because in in some many of these cases, a crime's committed, right? That's right. Yeah, but I mean, like, just listening to somebody, Neil, can be a game changer. I mean, if some, I I had a call there recently from a man who was married for over thirty years, yeah. and he was sitting on a bench um, in a park, and he was waiting for it to get dark before he went home. Why? Hoping hoping that his partner would be in bed, so there'd be no hassle. And what was the hassle like? Well, just in his case, I mean, no names, obviously, but what was he going through? Psychological abuse, you know, you're not, you're not good enough, you know, um, why don't we have this? You're not a real man. All of those kind of undermining um, statements, the accusations. Yeah, demeaning, demeaning, demeaning. him. Yeah. yeah, demeaning and devaluing a person. Devaluing him, yes, yes. But would would that relationship not be irretrievably broken down? Would he not be better off leaving? I mean, we have divorce now. He, I mean, he, he's in, he's entitled to a happy life. He is surely, but that's easier said than done, Neil. When there's children involved and you've been with somebody for that length of time, so men suffer then because they love their kids. Well, that can be, you know, that can be a reason why they stay. I mean, a lot of men might believe or think that it's better to stay for the sake of the children. But the message that I would put out there is that there is emotional support and practical advice there. For men who are alone, feel isolated, devalued. Yes, exactly. And there's help and support there. And even to talk to somebody, that can make a difference. Because you're not carrying it around with you and you don't feel that you're the only one. And that must come as some relief to find that out, that you're not the only person in the country who's going through this, that there are others like you. Absolutely. Yeah. That can be a game changer. Because with the lockdown, because this particular guy had lost his job and he was at home and with the restrictions, he couldn't go anywhere and he felt... He couldn't say it to his family because they were sick listening to him and he couldn't talk about it to his friends. So you, you get you get to thinking that you're very, very isolated and you're very alone. So in that case, she was using COVID to demean him, to devalue him, to name call him. Yeah, you can't even hold down a job. You hang around all day. You're useless. That was his experience, this, this particular caller. Yeah. Yeah. You do very, you do very important work, then, Derek. Well, you know, our, 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 we try to help. You know, that's that's the message. You know, there is help and support there, and I know it can be very difficult even to take up the phone and make that call. But make but it nonetheless. Are, 
But we're we're fully trained, uh, we're fully qualified counsellors and it can make a big difference. Just a, a small thing like picking up the phone and talking to somebody for a half an hour. You know when you when you talk well said was you know when you talk of coercive control do you get calls as well from men who are victims of physical abuse um, being hit hurt um, yeah yeah and I'd like I mean I had a call there not so long ago from a guy and he was in his early twenties and he was getting punched and poked you know because he and he was been accused we say of of um we say watching videos or, or you know the the game game videos and stuff like that yes yeah and he felt you know he was going on and he he said he felt like he was drowning because he knew on some level that there was something wrong here this isn't right but yes he wasn't physically threatened he said it didn't hurt me physically but for those that are physically hurt it must be a very dangerous road to walk because Firstly, they feel no one will believe them. And secondly, if they try and stop the physical abuse, um, they could be accused as being the initiator of it. That's right, yeah. So, like a lot of men, And who's going to be believed? That's right, yeah. I mean, a lot of men I, I, I have heard say, like, it's like walking on eggshells. That's a very popular statement. Yeah, you know, because they're afraid, you know, if they, and, you know, but as I say, the message is to, you know, to, to talk to somebody about it first, and it, that will help initially. Okay, let us give out the all-important phone number. It's a 1-800 oh, yeah. number, isn't it? 1-800-816-588. Yeah, it's a, it's a free phone number, 1-800-816-588, and it, the line is open every day. It's not open 24 hours a day, but it is open Monday through Sunday. Okay, okay, you do very important work. I will post those on our social media platforms as well, and a link to our conversation, 1-800-816-588, the mail advice line. Derek Smith, thanks for taking the time, I do appreciate it. Thanks very much, Neil, for having me on. My pleasure. Take care. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. It's by email. Uh, by email. I'm sorry, Neil, for putting my burden upon you. My life as it goes has not been great for the last three to four years due to losing friends to death, illnesses, marriage breakdown, due to my wife being a bully and controlling narcissist, but yet the male, me, gets the blame as usual. It is never the female's fault for the marriage breakdown. I have put up with years of families, family and friends not being allowed to call to my home because of her saying no. Yet I was expected to do everything for her family and her particular friends. I left my home nearly two years ago now. As expected, my ex has turned my son against me in every way. Totally not on. I pay my way, half the mortgage, full maintenance, pocket money, my, fun, fu- my, fu- my son's phone bill. Between my illness, my life and bills, I just can't cope anymore. My new partner has saved me, but it's so hard. All I need to say is, it isn't always the man in the marriage or relationship that is to blame. This country needs a good look at family law and how men are treated. Please keep my details private. And that by email uh, to neil at uh, redfm.ie. And actually have more on those um, that uh, have been gathering, um, waiting for a time when we were dealing with this topic again. And I will read some more of them after 11 o'clock this morning. Is it rape when it's your husband? Uh, Rosalind says no means no. Otherwise, of course it's rape. 
And it's rape on the statute books, incidentally, uh, and has been for many years now, as Mary O'Critter correctly pointed out. Uh, before that, there was no such thing as spousal rape. I mean, it was awful to think about it, but it was kind of like a property issue before that. No means no, whether it's your husband or not, does not give him the right to go ahead without your permission, says Karen. I would ring the domestic abuse line for advice. Please don't feel obliged to go along with him. Morris says two words that jump out is pressure and no. No one should be pressurized into having sex and no means no. Manofasa are very good and will offer support. Lavinia says the same. No is no. Husband or not. Having kids running around after them all time is hard work. Don't you dare feel guilty for saying no. And don't you dare be afraid to say no either. But that's just it. She had been saying no. But he just went on autopilot. So she needs to seek help elsewhere. Uh, this lady sounds very low, God love her. Definitely go to her GP, get a full checkup, blood's done and everything. Talk to your GP. She needs to look after herself physically and mentally. Getting to her GP is a great start. Good luck to her. Um, how, how would a GP help unless the GP's head was screwed on the right way? Would the GP just not give antidepressants or tranquilizers and tell her, drive on? Um, Shane says it's rape no two ways about it and Tracy says no means no husband or not you need to speak with someone and be strong for your kids that's just the tip of the iceberg there's lots more like that just two or three more I think the fact that this lady wrote the email she already knows it's rape he's done it once he'll do it again and again please get away from him and report him for what he is a rapist don't go back ever it's an interesting point that Magella says that you know um, that email is a week old. This has probably happened even since she sent the email and will continue to do. Lisa says, I read the email online. I had to stop reading it. I completely understand how important sex is in any relationship. But the scenario she described in your email, you have been raped just because you're married to him or in any kind of partnership. Nothing gives a man, any man, a free pass to have sex with you. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 11. Hey, it's Killian. Join me Sundays from 10 for loads of music, a bit of chat, and my mildly interesting facts of the weekend. It's the Sunday 10 to 2 show with Killian on Corks Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850 104 106. Red FM. And Living Dreams at the um, Little Island uh, Commercial Park have given us a 400 euro voucher to give away every single day. Living Dreams furniture and bedding in Little Island. You can check them out on Facebook. They've got a great Facebook page and also on Instagram. Great shots and photographs of the interior of the showroom. So we're talking about uh, lots of Irish handmade sofas mattresses, beds and what have you and also some international brands as well so we're looking for your dreams the best dream story uh, wouldn't it be amazing if they came true uh, so some of them we've had so far have been funny, freaky scary, uh, vivid so keep those coming text 0868104106 email neil at redfm.ie and don't forget to include a phone number We'll take some of those calls a little later this hour. A 400 euro voucher for Living Dreams Furniture and Bedding, Little Island, just behind the NCT. Uh, open 11 to 4, Monday to Saturday, and Sunday afternoons, 2 to 5. So that's great stuff, and we'll come back to it a little later on this morning. Uh, we'll stay with this topic for a little while longer, um, and uh, as long as it takes, actually, as long as you guys are getting in touch. Uh, Breed is standing by, so is Tracy. First up, Eilish, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are so, you? So, uh, she probably does love her husband in many respects, but not this particular one where he initiates sex against her will um, and her wishes. Your thoughts? 
Now, Neil, I've been listening to you for a long time, right? Mm. And <clears throat> I've heard lots of sad, horrific stories, you know, everyone, every one of them bad, but this is absolutely septic in my view, right? And uh, he has no right to do that to her. Now, first of all, I was never in an abusive relationship, thank you. Uh, thankfully, um, I never got hit or belted or anything like that. So I'm look, one of the lucky ones. And, um, right, my advice to that girl, but I'm so... What would I say? You can feel the nervousness in my voice. I'm so angry. Like, yeah, well, you see, he goes past... The, he goes beyond her nose. Oh, way and, beyond. And he isn't listening. He's just on... He's on autopilot. You see, this fella, um, uh, like... No. He's way beyond, beyond the beyonds. I'm telling you. Um, I was going to say just a quick. <clears throat> I won't keep you too long, Neil. But you know, I can give you an example of three people I know who were in an abusive relationship. One lady had to leave. Uh, she's an Irish girl. She had to literally leave England with her baby in her arms, uh, with the clothes on her back, to get away from an abusive husband. Um, another lady. She used to live in London, but she I worked with her years ago. When she'd hear the key turning in the door, um, and if she had a cup of tea in her hand, it would drop she to the floor because mm. she was so frightened. Fear. That's fear, yeah. Yeah, and then another girl I used to know years ago when I was living in Cork, she got married to this guy, and um, on the day of the wedding, she was stunning, like I was at the wedding, and uh, stunning, and she had jaw gypsophilia flowers in her hair. And do you know what he said to her at the altar? No. You look like you have thorns in your hair. Oh, well, that's just a stupid thing to say. That's just but anyway, silly. And after that, then, we were great friends, and she used to call, and every now and again, you'd see a bruise somewhere on the head or the eye, and she used to kind of just dismiss it as she opened the car door like great, and that uh, she hit her head. And would you ever left- say, I don't believe you? Pardon? Would you have ever said to her, I don't believe you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I told her. She left him. Um, so, yeah, it's just right. And the lady who ran from England, you know, is doing a kind of a cycle. I'm sure she won't mind. No, I, I won't go I there. Won't I, I won't. I, I, I'm I won't not. No, I can. No, no. no, listen, no, because I don't want to go into any details okay, that's fine. that that's would fine. anyway associate her with fine. her past. Can I just say oh, to you as well that this fella, no, I won't go there. The, this fella probably doesn't see it. As um, uh, as rape, he probably doesn't see it as domestic violence or as as, as physical assault. You see, he probably doesn't because he's a moron. Yeah, and I tell you, Neil. Right, the, my advice to that lady, poor lady, would be take your kids and get out as fast as you can. Anna, but why have we got a woman now and children leaving their family home? That's like or, or throw him out more more than likely. Like get him, get rid of him. Well, unless he yeah. stops and cops himself on and realizes that she's an individual with her own rights and her body, um, then she'll take it further and that he just needs to get himself in check. See, Neil, he's done it once. Like somebody said previously there, it's a few days since that email. He's probably done it again. Yeah. He will keep doing that, you know, and um, it's absolutely horrific. Um, well, unless she were it. to say, this is not acceptable, you must stop or else I will take this further. It is a crime you're committing. There is, n- there is no... Uh, Neil, if it happened to me, right, there would be no second time. Okay. Because right? yeah. I'd be waiting. No, I don't mean to be <laughs> violent or anything. If I was hit once, 
that would be it. And he'd get a belt of a frying pan or something that I could get as heavy as I could because that is invasion of a woman's body. Mm. We all love sex. Mm. And that is, like I said, for all the years I've listened to Neil. Okay. My heart is breaking for that lady, right? Okay, okay. And the other thing I just want to say, Neil, is thanks so much. I love the show. And... um. Thanks for keeping thoughts. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much yeah, for that. Stay yeah. listening. Thank you, Alice. Take care. Tracy, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hi, good morning. How go are ahead. you? Yeah, go ahead. Um, no, when I when I sent in the email and when I was after reading uh, the post, um, like husband, partner, boyfriend, one night stand, whatever, no means no, Neil. Do you know what I mean? No matter what kind of behaviour, like whether it's a drink problem, a drug problem, a gambling problem. She doesn't race. mention any of that. Like, she doesn't, she, you know, she just she wants to know, am I overreacting? Am I being overly sensitive? The poor misfortune doesn't realise that yeah, she's not. I think, I, I think, Neil, to be, well, this is my opinion on it. I think it maybe has gone on too long and she's just probably exhausted now from it. And she's actually crying out for help. That's assault. You know I mean? like, it's it's just it, well, it is. I mean, that's what I meant, whether it's a husband or a partner or whatever. No means no. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. No means no. And like what she probably doesn't realize is there's so much help she can get out there. But she probably thinks like, it's, now I don't know, but if it's been going on for years, she probably knows no different, Neil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and she doesn't want to blow up the family either. She says she's exactly. got kids. I mean, she's obviously thinking of what people might say and her children being affected. But I mean, her head is, I personally would think her head is way, way beyond gone affected. Do you know what I mean? She probably thinks this is her fault. She hasn't spoken to anybody yet. Which is wrong. I mean, I, I mean, she did contact your show, which was amazing because she's taken the first step. But hopefully she's listening and she will realise that she's not at fault here. Do you know what I mean? And that she is not overreacting or being overly sensitive. I personally wouldn't think so. Uh, she, she doesn't, she, she could quite easily ring uh, a free phone helpline number, but she wants to know, does anybody else, has anybody, she says... Any of your listeners have any advice or anything that would help me understand the situation? What she's There's asking no is, really so what she's asking is, are there are other people, and this is happening to them. Yeah, and to be quite honest, hopefully, Neil, she's listening to your people on this morning that are giving excellent advice and telling her she is not at fault here. She is not to blame here. And call 1-800-496-496. Call anybody. I mean, surely, but God, she has family, she has friends, she has to have someone, do you know what I mean? And hopefully this thug could be listening also and see, listen, maybe I am at fault here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think with lockdown, Neil, and a lot of people not getting out and interacting with people with social distancing and stuff like this, it has been a very hard two years for a lot of people. Mm, know, Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. And like where depression is concerned. Oh, there's like a much this. bigger price paid than COVID, yeah. yeah, yeah. There is. Do you know what I mean, Neil? And this poor woman now probably don't see the outside of the door. She was probably homeschooling with kids and stuff, you know? And it's a lot, really, for her. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well said. Thank you for that. Thanks so much, Tracy. By text, Kira says, heart is going, uh, my heart is going out to this poor lady. A husband should be someone caring, loving and understanding especially when you say no I don't think he's much of a husband to be treating you like that you can't put up with that for the rest of your life and he says this is rape I imagine you know this in your heart but just don't want to admit it to yourself yet uh, to share your life with a man who doesn't care about you to that extent is devastating and chilling to hear about uh, I hope you get the help and support you so desperately need 
find the courage to leave this dangerous, abusive relationship for the sake of you and your children. I wish you all the best. Yes, but I don't like scenarios where a woman and her children leave the family home because of a situation like that. I mean, that is the wrong way around. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Uh, just one or two more on that. This is horrific. You said, no, he didn't listen. Your husband raped you. He didn't have sex with you. He raped you. You need to get your babies and get out. Hope you're okay. Thanks, Leanne. But here's another text saying that somebody should leave their family home for something they're not responsible for. Nobody is entitled to sex, no matter who they are. Um, marriage does not come with an entitlement to sex. Speak to someone. Manoff Fassa can be very helpful. Martin says, if you've done it once, I'm sorry, he will do it again and again. Same thing with a man hitting a woman. If he does it once, he will do it again. Uh, I, as a child, went through all of this in my own home. Remember to talk to someone, please, and you're not alone. Take the first step. Take it now. Um, I did mention that I had other emails, um, particularly more so now than ever before with the last year we've been through. Um, Another one here for you. Uh, I was with a man for 17 years. I suffered terrible financial abuse. But when you were in it, you don't see it. This was for 17 years. He used to give me 100 euro per week for groceries. I used to try to spend only 80 euro, so I'd have 20 euro spare. I worked part-time and had to pay half the mortgage, even though he earned good money. He would pay half the ESB bill because he said I used more electricity, which at the time I actually believed. You have to be out of a relationship for a long time to see how wrong it is. While in it, you are brainwashed and depleted as a human and a woman because they convince you that you are the problem. Thank God I'm out of it nine years now and realize I deserve so much more. I feel so sorry for the uh, people that you deal with on air because I know what it's like. People need to get out and please God, they will once they're ready. Now, um, do you not think that some men are indeed because we need to be fair about this, some women should never get married. They're never prepared for marriage. They, they, they never understand the commitment behind a marriage. And we don't always, always get it right. All of us, you know, and it's a, a rocky road sometimes. And God knows, you know, we step out of line. Uh, um, but in spite of that, uh, some people should never get married. No, nobody, nobody should get married or live with somebody or profess to love somebody if they say, I'm only paying half the ESB bill because you mo- use more electricity than me. Like, that's not a relationship. I won't even use the term marriage because you don't need to be married to be in a relationship. I mean, a hundred euro per week for groceries. I mean, even counting the money out in itself means you are not fit to be in a relationship. And I suppose, unfortunately, the other half don't see it in time to run away. And in that case, it took 17 years of financial abuse, not seeing it while she was in it, thinking, oh, he's right, he's right, I am, I'm using too much, I'm hopeless, I can't manage the house, I can't buy the groceries, I don't know, I'm using too much ESP. It's horrid, it really and truly is. So I will return to more of those emails, I promise you that. Um, but just on the subject of, of, of abuse and what we've been dealing with, uh, Kathleen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, uh, on the story of the, la- the last lady, um, um, what she was saying on her email. That's spousal rape, yeah, the spousal rape story. Yes, yeah. I think she should nip it in the bud straight away. She should get help. She should deal with it and not go a step further without getting help now. It's, I've seen it in, you know, my own families and situations of family members that if it's not nipped in the bud now, it will be ongoing. 
and it will be it will take over because he will then take you know she becomes then she's like a vegetable then and she won't be able to stand up for herself because he it will just it's like coercive control really it's a sense of entitlement you know mm-hmm. so he because because he's he's just not listening to her nose um, not listening no he's um he's been his own man really he's been his own man and um he's not listening to her and I, I I think she's probably after becoming visible, becoming invisible because he's like he's like the man in the marriage, you know. She's like the property. Yeah, yeah. The way it used to be. The way it well at the very beginning it was probably all fantastic. But, no, um, no. I mean, the the law changed. I think I don't know. Was it in the early nineties? Oh, it could have been the early eighties. Yeah, the way it used to be. Absolutely. Yeah. The way so there's no point be. saying to him. Um, if if you don't stop, I'm going to call the guards. If you don't stop, I'm going to rego- go see a solicitor. If you don't stop, I'm going to call a free phone number and they will help me to um, take action against you. That kind of a that kind of a threat, no? No, because he probably won't believe her, Neil. I say she won't probably be believed because he okay. probably know more about her uh, than she do about herself. So what I would do, I would get help. Uh, personally and privately without him even ever knowing about it and I would get my steps from the right people how to go forward Okay, alright, thanks Kathleen Robert, good morning How's it going, Neil? How's things, right? Good, you just wanted to pick up on a couple of points something that I comment I made, is it? Yeah, well, uh, word for word I know you can go back now and listen to word for word but first of all, Neil, like, we have to kind of clarify that this guy is a rapist, Neil and she's been after being the victim of horrific crime 100% You know? Yeah A severe crime whether it's a stranger or your husband, rape is rape, Neil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that has to be said as well. Like, she's after being the victim of a severe crime, like, you know? And this guy, her husband, that we kind of keep talking about, this guy is a criminal. He's a rapist, Neil. Simple as that. It's on the statute books as a criminal offence. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, whether you take away a marital spousal, rape is rape. You know, whether you know the person or married the person or not. I know in the, in the law it says differently, but rape is rape, Neil. Simple as that, you Well, know? We, all, we all agree on that. Yeah, well, it's just... Yeah, I know, but it kind of hasn't been said, like, how severe that this crime has been perpetrated on this lady, like, yeah. you know? And just back to an earlier comment when someone said that she stayed the kids and leave, and you said that um, you wouldn't like to see that, like, because, like someone leave because of that. Yeah, that's a rape. No, no, that's, that's not what I said. Crime. Oh, no, that's, like, not, that's not what I said. I did not say that. What I said was... I don't think that it is the right and proper solution, or words to the effect of, that this poor woman and her children have to leave their family home and run away for something they're not responsible for, where it's, he's the one that should be out, and they should stay in their family home. Okay, well, what if he's not going to leave, Neil? Like, well, like, do you recommend that they still stay in the house, you know? If, if needs be, she needs to take an action. She needs to talk to the guards. She needs well, to talk to... Is, the action is to take herself out of the situation, like, you know? The, yeah, the but, girls, like, but like, then, like but, then but then, she's the one that has to go to Edel House. She's the one that has to go bring the children to Edel House. She's the one that has to look for emergency accommodation, possibly end up in a hotel room or a guest house, and he's in the family home. Yeah, okay, like, that's the start of the process, then. Which would which, which you prefer, like, someone to be in the house with a rapist or someone to be out, like, in maybe some sort of, maybe, secure yeah. place, like, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's, 
that's a, that's an I'm excellent point. Yeah, when you be. when you talk it through with me like that, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know how quickly you could get into court to get a barring order, for instance. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know the process either. Like you know, but like you need to take yourself out. No matter what, you need to take yourself out of a situation where there's a guy that you're married to who can do that. Yeah, he's going to keep going, and it could increase and increase. Like you know. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right in that regard, and I consider myself corrected on the point you're making. But but I wouldn't like to see that a long term solution where he stays. And they're cobbling, they're trying to cobble their life together somewhere else, you know? Neither, neither would I know. This I know. guy needs to go to jail, Neil, like, you know? I know. Good man, good man. No, that's just the point I was and making, Neil. Like, and yeah. you're spot on. Thanks, Robert. Well made. Oh, Thank okay, you for that. Thanks, Neil. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, Text 086 Calls on the way. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 Uh Kevin, good morning. How are you, Neil? I'm very sorry, Emer's telling me you have to be gone by 11.30, so back to whatever decision is going to be made this morning on hospitality. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just think, like, listening to the people from the kind of restaurant industry this morning, um, like, going back as far as December there, you, you even had a few listeners yourself saying, oh, we're going to open up now for Christmas, and some of your listeners were saying, sure, look, at January, February are going to be a write-off, and we were told, ah, no, no, no. And, and it was January, February, March was an absolute write-off. We were back to level five lockdowns, back to five kilometre we restrictions. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I think, like, you know, just listening to the lads this morning, like, no, you do feel from a course, you know. But I think, you know, there's a balance that has to be struck with it. And I think, you know, the government, Michal Martin and them, have learnt their lessons now from what they've done in December about just kind of giving everybody... Uh, yeah, but that was, the, that was everybody flying into the country and that uh, some of that could have been the seasonality of viruses in the winter as well. It, it could have been. And the one thing we've probably learned is that there's probably 101 different ways that this virus can get out of control again. And you just have to kind of strike a balance and kind of, you know, we all know going into pubs and into restaurants and into clubs or wherever where, where large crowds are together does not help us. Simple as that. Yeah, but, but they're so not even—they're not asking for huge crowds unless they have a negative PCR or have had COVID or have had a vaccine. Well, no, they're just talking about—they're just crowds. talking about being treated the same as what's going on inside in a hotel. Yeah, but maybe not large crowds, but it's going to be more people in more enclosed spaces on top of what we already have. You know, it, it's just more on top. Like I think the government have to look at it in a way that at least for hotels, I can go up to Dublin and up to Galway for a couple of nights. You know, and, mm. and, and you're still going to have people maybe, you know, from different areas inside in a hotel. And, and in a hotel, we all have to be careful and sterilize and wash our hands. And But, like, but they're saying that in inside in the pub, every city. but they're saying that inside in the pub, it would be the same protocol. There'd be nobody at the bar, nobody sitting on stools, nobody moving around, all sitting down, putting on a mask if they go to the loo. It, it will, but like, how, how many times did we see pubs up and down the country then totally and utterly abuse that over the last? But they're they're abusing it now, and it's when we're they're, when they're supposed oh, to be closed. But but, but that's my point. And um, how many pubs now are in the country and restaurants that we'd we'd be opening up again on top of it? But they're businesses, you know, they're industry. Oh, 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 can the I get that? I totally. But like, what about you know? And look, it, we, it's it's not a nice thing to have to discuss. But the people that die, the people that get sick, the hospitals being overrun—that's the other side of the coin. Then you know. And like, I suppose look, my point is just that, you know, like I know they have to make a bit of money and they have staff and they have businesses and stuff like that. But people's health will come before that. And look, no government takes you know pleasure out of keeping them closed or restricted, but. Look, we've learned harsh lessons and we've learned them the hard way. So I think, you know, 
slowly but surely and safely is the way to do it. Okay, thank you for that and thanks no, for like, holding on. Yeah, no problem. It's not all about the money because like, just a quick point before I go is that I was in the city centre a few times over the last few months like a lot of people yeah. and you know, you were walking up to all the pubs that were open doing takeaway pints and you were still paying five fifty, getting your pint in a paper cup and having to walk down the street drinking it. I just thought it was a bit odd that they didn't kind of do the the pint maybe for four quid or something like that given that you couldn't go in and even sit down. Yeah, I suppose they were trying to make up you know, for lost ground when they were closed, I, I, I guess. I, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, but, you know, there's yeah. still a paper cup and you still have to walk down the street drinking it. All right, my man, thank you for holding on. Thanks, Kevin. Anyone who thinks that this government does things for the greater good is naive. It's a disgrace not to open indoor hospitality. Two or three weeks won't change anything. Delta, so scary, but Leo at Pride Week without a mask and distancing? Come on. It's just not Ireland uh, and Cork that have this short shortage of hospitality staff. In Edinburgh, my hotel had to increase the minimum wage that we pay to 10.50 an hour from the UK minimum wage of 8.90 and an increase in pension contributions as well just to get staff. Morning, the pubs could easily police vaccinated customers, Neil. You could have a stamped card from a clinic and show it with your ID, says Dinny. Well, would you believe, would you believe that that's what they're now suggesting and that's what they're talking about in cabinet this morning. I'm not so sure it would be a stamped card. It would be your vaccine card, you know, with the little stickers on it saying vaccine serial number one, vaccine serial number two. Respiratory viruses mutate just like the different flu strains we face every year. This abundance of caution regarding variants is a farce. It now seems our so-called experts know better than the rest of the world's medical experts. What's the difference between eating indoors in a hotel as opposed to indoors in a restaurant? The so-called super spreader events have never occurred where the crowds have gathered. If only we had a leader with a backbone to make decisions instead of hiding behind Neffet, says Mick. And just two more. Why turn every discussion into an us versus them discussion? That's what you do. What would be the advantage for the government keeping the pubs closed longer than necessary? Let's just do the best for the health of the nation. I believe Neffet has our best interests in heart. Well, I'm not putting anyone against anyone. I just want to get people's thoughts. We've been in a couple of hotels recently and all COVID compliant, just like last year. We had a nice few bevies bevies, and did not leave our guard down. Restaurants need to be treated the same, says Fiona. Um, Restaurants in hotels, residents in hotels and pubs with accommodation can drink in the bar. Yes, they can. In the bar, but not at the bar. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Jenny, good morning. Hi Neil. Um, I just texted in there earlier, and one of the producers I asked to do they want to come on. I was just saying that it was very unfair if the government are going to come out and say only allow vaccinated people for indoor dining. I have, I have a problem with that. I think it's very unfair. Because like, what about the younger generation who may want the vaccine and haven't even been offered it? And what about all the staff? Like, it's the younger generation usually that work in the pubs and the restaurants. How are the the, the hotel, how are the bars and restaurants going to try and get fully vaccinated staff now in the next two weeks? Well, That's firstly, you'll have hospitality say. staff serving uh, or people behind the counter or people doing glass who haven't been vaccinated and secondly you'll have people in there who are vaccinated going na 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 to those outside who can't come in yeah it's totally unfair and like people don't even realise that the, that's that's uh Places like Switzerland and Texas and Florida, they're fully open and that we're the only country in Europe that are closed for indoor dining. And if they stay another two more weeks, they're going to stay another two more weeks. They're staying this now for two years. The regime are just here to ruin Ireland, to ruin rural Ireland especially. There's so many pubs, 
things, everything around my area that are closed and are never going to open up again. And it's the height of the summer. People should be allowed to go out and get sick. There's only 47 in the moment in hospitals. And people are saying, oh, we shouldn't open up because it's going to flood the hospital system and all that. What has the regime been doing for the last two years to improve hospital bed capacity? Nothing. Mm. They're just throwing money at these businesses to keep them quiet. And people are begging now for scrap. People need to stand up. No offence to you, Neil, but it hasn't hit you what lockdown's doing to people. Because you've been in work every day. I have. Uh, I, don't I, have. Know about your, I don't know about your personal life, but you haven't missed a day's work. There's people who are locked down. What about the... the the aviation industry, what about the entertainment industry, what about productions and plays and all that, like there's people on their knees and they have to stop. I know I, you are right, but listen, there isn't a day goes by that, aren't, that I'm not grateful for the ability to go to work every day. I don't take that for oh, granted. I'm not saying you're not grateful because my partner's working the whole time as well. He's, a, he's a, an essential worker and we're blessed that he is, but there's, I know I have plenty of family and friends that have lost relationships, lives. I've known lots, a lot of people who've committed suicide and I've known a lot of people who have no cancer or died from cancer from late diagnosis and no treatment. Yeah, you that's, know, that's... we need to get rid of NEFIT. NEFIT stands for no pubs, hotels, entertainment or tourism. They don't Even trust collective. They don't trust Irish people with drink, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, because, no, because want, there's no... They don't no... want people getting together and talking about it because their house of cards will fall. That's what they don't want. This, oh, they but... say it's disinformation being spread around. It's not. Do you, do you see the local areas? Do you see the... Um, uh, what are they called? The nursing or the funeral homes overrun? Are they overrun? No. The the, the median age of death is eighty four, and back when the big wave hit, they took infected people, uh, elderly people from the hospitals, and they put them into the nursing homes. And ninety percent of the, those creators that passed away weren't even afforded ICU beds. At the end of it, they were left to die in a nursing home with no end of care treatment and no loved one to hold their hand. And but, we need to be holding but, 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 but Neffet are saying, be careful because you could have that in September again. That, that's, you see, that's the fear. That's, that's on them. That's the government. They need to improve the hospital beds and they need to cop on and stop trying to ruin Ireland because literally if people are going to keep begging for scraps. There's going to be nothing left to fight for. If okay. the restaurants don't come out now and open it, open up fully, there's going to be nothing left. We're in the height of summer. It's clown, it's clown world in Ireland and we're a test bed for the globalists and you have the puppets in Brussels pulling the strings of the regime and they don't give a crap about any of the small But why? Like, I mean, that's, why but why would like they it. want to create a scenario like this? What's in it for them? Because the World Economic Forum is running this whole show and they want one global government. They want full control. They don't care about the little people. Do you know what I mean? They, don't, they just want you in your home, working from home. They don't want you to be out socialising. Like they are going to ruin why the they, and why the would, why would the Irish government why would the Irish government willingly sign up to one global leadership? But you see, Neil, you're being very naive to the fact that people get blackmailed in positions of power. Very naive. Nobody has questioned me on Martin about his cover up of a sex scandal about children being abused. Nobody's come out. None of the press have come out and asked him no, that. Well, I'm not even going to go into There's that. Cause I, look, but I'm just saying, why Why would any government or any political party want to agree to something as outlandish as that, where they say, They're OK, well, we want every... And we want, we want everybody now 
to work in their home, to stay. Oh, look, hang on a second. I did read this morning that they're talking about tax incentives to work from home. So maybe I'm wrong there. That's what they're doing. And they want a cashless society, too, because they want a communist Ireland where they control every aspect of your life. And people really want to wake up because this wear your double mask, test, trust, um, did you hear like the world health organisation now came out and said that the mass social distancing, testing and tracing will go hand in hand with the vaccine. So we need to carry this on forever, which is going to lead nicely into climate control. And climate climate agenda bill is going to ruin Ireland. Look up agenda 2030. They're trying to get rid of, they're trying to cut pe- the farmers' cattle. Look look at the even the fishermen out protesting. They're trying to root the country for the food. It's like the big, the, the, the elite, the regime that control the world that want full control of the so world. So everything, to you, is a, everything to you is part of a matrix, isn't it? All of these are connected for a purpose. It is all connected, Neil, and the sooner people wake up to the likes of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and what they're trying to do and the, by China okay. now is buying up all the food and the way food supplies are broken down, people would really want to prepare because they're going to be seeing empty uh, empty shelves in shopping markets very soon and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening into this, a lot of moms and people doing their weekly shop have seen the difference in the price of shopping going up, it's going up and it's going up and it's going up economy is on its knees like we're literally going to be worse than we were in the in the Great Depression. Okay, I'm going to move on Jenny. Oh, we, co- we, co- we covered a lot of ground there and you got to make some very valid points and th- thank no you for vaccine passports yes, the need to be Okay, alright, thank you for that. Let me talk to Fiona if you don't mind because I'll run out of time otherwise. Fiona, good morning. Good morning, how are you Neil? I'm well. Um, now, I believe you also have a dream for me so I want to hear that in a couple of seconds to kick off our yeah. dreams but uh, you wanted to ref- come back to a guy who was on the, the, this morning a while ago talking about uh, about COVID and deaths. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm totally disgusted with him because um, he obviously is very ignorant in his own way. Now what point, what point disgusted you? Just remind me. I'm disgusted due to the fact, right, obviously he hasn't experienced a member of his family and sister or brother in any situation in this way that, you know, how hurtful, people fighting for their lives and knowing that you can't get to see them. It's not a joke. It's not set up. Have you been through that? Well, a member of the family has been and it's devastating and we all hear about it. We all read about it. We all watch documentaries on it, but to go through it and experience is a totally different thing altogether and knowing you can be in there and everything. I mean, what message is he sending out this morning? He's saying that maybe his point would be that it's no different to anybody else dying of any kind of disease or any kind of a virus. Um, You know, death is death. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. I mean, we're not going to lock down the whole of... Ireland for just excuses. I mean, this involves everybody, man, woman, child, their daily routine. I mean, that's a sickness in its own, keeping people in without anything else. I mean, if he wants to go around with this attitude, you know, I think he needs to read on it. He needs to view the documentaries on it, what we have read up on it. He, he obviously won't because he's a danger. Okay. The way he's going. okay, just just on that point, actually, we referenced nursing homes there. In a prime time, we're doing a special on nursing home deaths tonight. And we covered yes. the Ballynose story extensively on the show and spoke to a gentleman called Sean, who lost his beloved mother. And their, their family will feature on the show tonight, too. Uh, I yes. spoke to Sean back in, in February. His mum's name was Margaret Keller, and she passed away. Uh, back in oh. February is very, very sad. So that will feature in part of the primetime show tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Now but he needs to listen to that and he needs to watch it and maybe he'll lodge something and learn something from it. His attitude might change, you know? Okay, okay. Thank you for that. Okay, having, and that's speaking to somebody who's been need, through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to say I had a dream um, about my TV license <laughs> and I dreamt I was in court in Cove and as was, the judge was in front of me, he said, Fiona, you know now you're going to the island and you're doing six years. The island? And, um, uh, Spike Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said, Your Honour, please don't put me over there. It's too far. It's it's way outside. Put me near so I can at least get in touch. Or see. No, he said. This is going on too long with you. Your TV license is going on with the last four years. You need to do six years. Off you go, and off I went. So they brought me over on a boat, and I was crying, and I got there, and they cut my hair to my ears, and they gave me a long brown dress to put on me. So I kept telling them I'm going to starve myself like Bobby Sands. Leave me out, leave me out. But they had no interest. They said, we'll feed you, close the door, and that's the end of you. But I drilled a hole with a, a fork, you know, kind in the wall. I thought in my dream I was round and round and round so I could see the sea out through it, but I could hear the bells from the church in the cell. And I was asking, praying to God, let me out of here. I'll pay my TV license. I'll never do this again. But Neil, I woke up and I'm not joking in bed. The sweats were running out of my body and my head. I was, I was tearing my hair out and I looked up at the ceiling and it's the first time I appreciated my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you got six years for not having a television license. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still in the house. I'm still every day of my life saying I visualise being in a cell. I'm just wondering, you know when you had that dream, had you paid your television license? I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Neil, come on, you get it, no, but because it must have when it, it was in my head. It must it have been wonderful. on your mind, you see. It yes. must have been kind of worried yes. about. Oh, I must pay that. I must pay that. And then, mm-hmm. then the dream occurred because of that worry. Exactly. Amazing. And I, I was thinking then, like when I woke up in the room. Oh my God, Jesus! I looked up at the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I know. So you have. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to shop you to the authorities or anything. But you do if, not. <laughs> have, you still haven't paid it, no. Neil. All right, okay. All right, okay. All right, okay. <laughs> He's sort of Tim people who hasn't paid this stuff. Be good now. You uh, asked me my dream. I pay, I, I, I pay, I pay it. I hate paying it, but I pay it. Well, we all do, but look... Um, what would, would happen? I wonder what would actually happen if I didn't pay it. Well, if you find a thousand euro, or you might get you might get four years. <laughs> You're a bit better than me. All right, okay, okay. Thanks, Fiona. I love it. I really do. I love it. Anyway, it was definitely it was definitely a dream. No women kept on Spike Island, says Norma. Never were. Um, I think if you went back far enough, you'd probably find that there were at one stage, but it was probably hundreds of years ago. Anyway, now it's a lovely place to visit. Anna, good morning. Hiya, how are you? We have 400 euro vouchers every day this week for Living Dreams. Um, yeah. They're down in the Little Island Commercial Park just behind the NCT and we're looking for dreams. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this I had this one, it was years ago and I think I actually was in college at the time. But I had a dream that I was in college in Spain and I was living in one of those huts that you may see like on a religion book where Jesus lived and things like that, you know, like a pure whitewashed stone kind of a hut. 
And anyway, my sister was living with me and she happened to be a guinea pig at the time. I don't know. But uh, she couldn't speak either, obviously, because she was a guinea pig. Oh, for and she got beaten up one night. And, oh, you know um, the guinea pig, is it? Who beat her up? I don't know. I have no gangs of people, I'd imagine. And uh, I was like trying to find out what happened. And she couldn't speak because she was a guinea pig. And I couldn't open my eyes because it was so incredibly bright in Spain. <laughs> You know, and uh, that just went on. I don't know. It seemed like it went on for ages, but it, like I don't know. It, it, that was just what happened. <laughs> and how so do you, you know? how do you actually know that the guinea pig, which was a guinea pig, was your sister? <laughs> I just intuitive. You know, it was like it's a dream. Things don't really make sense. But I known I had known she had been upset, and she was kind of I suppose making those <laughs> things. I do. Ha- I had guinea pig. Um, I had guinea pigs for years. And uh, they make this really loud screeching noise. But uh, yeah, that's what happened. And I could, like I just couldn't open my eyes. I, it was so bright, you know. And that's not the first time that that happened to me in a dream either. Okay, so <laughs> it, it looks to me as if we have some very wacky dreams this morning. Right? <laughs> so there's your one with your sister, the guinea pig. Thanks for that. Kira has another one here for me. Kira, go ahead. Thanks, Anna. Kira. Morning, Neil. How are you? <laughs> I'm o- I'm okay. I'm glad that I can't remember my dreams. But anyway, other than that, I wish I had that problem. Like mine are just so off the walls. They're like I'm known to them. Um, give me, give me the craziest there. one then. Oh, well, um, one morning I woke up and I, well, in my dream I'd woken up and when I went to go speak, my teeth had turned into my toes. So there were like little toes inside my mouth. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. I couldn't. How do you know they were toes? Did you look in the mirror? I had to look in the mirror. I was trying to brush them and they wouldn't stop moving. So they were trying to get away from the toothbrush and they were tickling my mouth and everything and it was freaking me out. So I went to the dentist to get them to, to get them to pull them out, but she wouldn't do it. So she sent me to a shropodist. Because she's a dentist, you see. She's not a toe puller out her, she says. Yeah, exactly. So I so she sent you to a, a shropodist for your mouth? Yeah, to get my toes pulled out of my mouth. <laughs> right? So. No, it's not um, all right. But anyway, go ahead. It's really strange. But anyway, um, she sedated me and uh, I was out cold in the shropodist when I woke up. The shropodist had taken the toes on the bottom of my feet, so I had stones left. Um, so, my so the shropodist operated them. on the wrong body parts. Yeah, exactly. Now you had no real toes and you still had toes in your mouth. Exactly. And stumps. And for some reason in this dream, my job was going delivering bread in a van. So I was freaking out saying, Mom, I'll never get down Patrick's Hill with no toes. I won't expect <laughs> to break. And she was saying, all she kept saying to me was, put on your shoes and show on a mask. No, 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 with your, uh, your teeth or your feet. How did she even understand you if you had toes for teeth? Don't ask me. Don't ask me. But then Did I she not find it weird when you, when she saw your toes and your mouth? I don't even think she... she even if nothing phases her, to be honest with you. <laughs> this just nothing gets weirder and weirder. I need, yeah, it's, like, I so she's, she's, here you are, her daughter going around with foot and mouth. Yeah, foot and mouth. Well, not the disease now, but foot and mouth for teeth. Um, but I don't know whether a premonition or what, because like, later that week I actually broke my front tooth. So I had the fear of God then going to the dentist in case the dentist took out the wrong tooth or, or anything, but thankfully we got sorted. But I'd always wake up with the weirdest dreams, like the boyfriend there one day, I, I collect gin and I have 27 bottles of gin and one morning I woke up and I, I was convinced I was odd with him. Like I said, you sold all of my gin. He's like, what do you mean? I said, you sold my gin to buy the horse for cutting the grass out the front garden. What? And he's like, Kira, Kira, I didn't like. 
So I have a really, really strange thing. And um, 27 bottles of gin, do you drink yeah. it or just collect them and admire them or what? I do drink gin, but I, I, I like to admire the different bottles. And uh, like, like is, are they all are they all Irish gins or from around the world or, or what? There's a mix. There's a mix of them now. Like the other week, I got a bottle of the John Shambo, and then I got the Danish Island one as well. Just the bottles are all different kind of uh, the glass bottles. I love. Good them. for you. No reason why not. I love collecting them. Yeah, and have the odd tipple as well, I suppose. Absolutely. Right, and that, it's bad enough having that dream and telling anybody, but telling people on live radio very brave yeah. of you, I have to say. My sister's going to kill me when she hears. Right. Okay, let me get one or two more on. But thank you, Kira. You may well get lucky. We have 400 euro vouchers every day for Living Dreams. You can follow them on Facebook. And that's Dreams spelt with a Z or a Z. Just on the topic of, of gin, actually, um, I have just started a giveaway on my Instagram page. And it's a, it's a super, super prize, okay? And if you just check out Instagram, you'll find it on my Instagram page. Two nights accommodation at the Moorings Hotel. A trip around Skellig Michael with Skellig Michael boats. A hamper worth 100 euro from Skellig Chocolates, a free tour of the Skellig Gin Distillery. That's what reminded me of the competition, talking about gin. Two free passes to the Skellig Experience, a bottle of Port McGee whiskey and a 25 euro voucher for Valencia Island Cream. Now, uh, one person wins ice cream, that should be. Uh, one person wins that entire prize. You can get further details on my Instagram page. So good luck with that. Um, meanwhile, Patricia, good morning. Uh, let me get my phone lines organised here. Yeah, there you are. Patricia, thanks for holding. Tell me about your mam yeah. and her old wives' tale. Oh, my mam, and I'm waiting to tell the stream at nine years, Neil. Um, and it's only when you were on about dreams. That's Here's your big chance. Here's my big chance. I'm going to shame her. Um, on a Sunday morning, she do out, mam, and the house is full. She said, I'm exhausted. I'm shoveling coal all night, she said. And we said, yeah, what's the, what's the story? Like? And she said, well, you know, the old wives' tale, if you're shoveling coal, someone's going to come into money. Is that right? Oh, God. Oh, well, I looked it up and <laughs> I can't find anything on it, but she swears by it. Oh, if you're shoveling coal in a dream. In a dream, yeah. If you're shoveling coal in a dream or if there's coal in your dream, it means that you're going to come into money. So the latter was on the night before and we said, well, it wasn't in Cork, you know, so none of us were after winning it. But she said, you're not going to win it anyway because it was shoveling it out the door I was. It, it means that it's not going to come to your house if you're shoveling it out the door. But if you're in your house, you'll win it. So we... Collected it there anyway, but I have two sisters in Dublin, and one of them, two kids, and her husband and herself were on the way to work, as you do on the Monday morning, dropped off the kids at the crash, and he got a text to say, uh, we won the lotto, but it was from a friend, a work colleague, and he took no notice of it, he said he's always joking, so he dropped my sister at work and went back, went to work himself, and 10 minutes later, he was down the phone. They were 2012. There were 32 in this, or 22 in the syndicate. They were they won 3.2 million euros. So each person got 140,000 each. Were you in so the syndicate? I wasn't, Neil. We do a syndicate in Yall, and they decided to do their own one in Dublin. <laughs> so you never had a chance to get into that syndicate. I, I never had a chance. It was Chadwick Syndicate, but um, man said, there's my dream and there's the coal. They shoved, shoved it out the door and I shoved it all the way to Dublin. And your mother was right because she didn't say that you're going to come into money. She says shoveling coal in a dream means someone you know is going to come into money. Yes, yes. And if you're shoveling it out of the house, it means that somebody you know that is going to get it. But if you're shoveling it in the house, it means... That it will stay in the house. Bizarre. Yes. That's bizarre. And if you, if you, I rang my sister yesterday and she gave me all the statistics. It's actually up on um, 
you can Google it and find out. There was 140,000 each day that, so it was brilliant. It was I'd say we could do. Brilliant. I'd say we could do a whole program on old wife's ta- old wife tales. Uh, well, sure. Neil, it's like it's like this now. It came through, and it was just the day after she said it, and we're still asking her every weekend now, ma'am. Anything's a call. Going to bed. Well, good story. You waited nine years to tell it, and thank you, thank you, much obliged. Okay, we'll pick a winner now on those ones, and I'll do some more tomorrow. We might even give it some more time tomorrow. Wacky, wacky, wacky dreams. Uh, so, just in a few minutes' time, we'll pick one winner on that. I was talking yesterday about um, you know people calling to the door looking for you to sign up to help different charities, um, and the manner in which this guy was outside my own front door. Left a lot to be desired, I have to say. Uh, We were having dinner on Saturday night and a waitress asked us our drink order. I ordered a glass of Prosecco and my husband ordered water as he's a non-drinker. The waitress looked at him as if he had two heads and she said in shock, what? You're drinking water? As if he was after doing something wrong. He said, yes, water. And she said, what? Water? Some people have a major issue comprehending that some people choose not to drink. I'm curious to see, do any other non-drinkers ever have this kind of reaction when they ask for non-alcoholic drinks? She wrecked our heads anyway. Strange woman. Very strange, actually. I mean, because you have people, firstly, that don't drink. You have others who are designated drivers. I mean, one of the tricks they might use in hospitality when you say water is they'll ask you still are sparkling. And if you say tap... They might kind of look to you, look at you as if you have two heads or a poor old crater who's so mean he won't even buy a bottle of water. Um, but you are eating food, like. You know, anyway, they're not there to be judgmental. I found your man very judgmental at the door. He said, uh, what? what? You don't want to help the Mercy Hospital? What? Uh, you know, almost like trying to guilt me into it, I thought. Anyway, back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red. FM. Clock's ticking on the cabinet then at this stage, isn't it? The next hour or two can make all the difference, but it does seem as if they're seriously looking at fully vaccinated people eating and drinking inside. Only fully vaccinated. Our lines will stay open at one 850 um, Living Dreams winner this morning has to be Kira Lynch, who had us all laughing with a dream about having toes for teeth going to the chiropodist and having the wrong toes removed. I mean, you couldn't make that stuff up. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Email with a phone number attached to your funny, freaky, vivid um, stories of dreams, um, particularly if they ever came true. Uh, and get in touch in that regards. We have 400 euro vouchers every day this week for living dreams. Uh, won't be beaten on quality and value with Irish handmade sofas and mattresses down at their showrooms in the Little Island Commercial Centre behind the NCT. Follow them on Facebook, Living Dreams with a Z. Okay, so we'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day, guys. One last bit of business. You know what to do here. This is worth uh, big money. Goes proudly back to Lee's side. It's Sam and it's Liam in the one year for court. Get dialing now, one 106 Pick yourself up a Sports Direct voucher, €250. Euro. We'll take call at 10 on one 106 I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.